Welcome to The Art Show. I am your hostess, Sarah Stacy, and today I am joined by my wonderful friend, Jerry. Jerry, please introduce yourself to our audience. Hey, everyone. Uh, I'm Jerry. I am a graphic artist, graphic illustrator, uh, and I'm local here in town. And I am uh, here to talk about the the Batman. The Batman. And a little bat Batman history. So yes. thank you for having me. Thanks for coming today. All right, so... Full disclosure, we had started recording this podcast, <laughs> and then something happened, and we lost it, and I am very upset about it, because... And when she means lost it, kids, uh, there was a lot of colorful language, like, just thrown about. It was wonderful. It was a great conversation. <laughs> but nevertheless, so uh, we're here to talk about the Batman. The now. Batman. Jerry, tell us why you are... A great person to have this conversation with. I'm not saying I'm, I'm a great person. Well, you know what? Jerry, I just said it. So <laughs> shut up and answer the question. Uh, well, it's because I um, this is one of my favorite characters in comics. Um, I'm a big DC fan. I, I love... I love Marvel. I'm a big Marvel... I'm a big comic book fan in general, but... Jerry's a nerd. Yes. Uh, and if you haven't noticed, we rule the world. Um, but now... But, the DC heroes are uh, hold a special place in my heart for me because they're these the archetypes that anybody can walk into, anybody mm-hmm. can relate to. And Batman, he's such a fascinating character. Excuse me. Not only from him personally, but the world he inhabits, Gotham, the villains that he's fight, they're just different they're they're just different versions of him in some ways. And it's mm-hmm. fascinating. It's almost as if all of us at one point or another can relate to everything that's happening in that story in his yeah. universe. So that's why I really love the character. And Yeah, I love the word archetype that you use. Like it really is archetypal in the sense that this this thing like foreshadows so many other characters and stories. Right. Yeah. And also what's interesting, and the reason I you, we can even go into archetype is there have been, since you and I have been alive, I would say like six actors who played Batman each of them with their own unique take on it, which is why the DC heroes are these characters that everyone can inhabit and can bring their own things to it. They're not um, stuck in one particular, you know, bottle. Um, unlike the, the Marvel heroes, it's a little different because it's really hard to recreate that same story because it's mm-hmm. so, like, stuck. But Wonder Woman, for example, it's any woman's story fits that character. Superman, any character who... Anyone who feels like an alien in their surrounding can identify with Superman. Yeah. If you're an immigrant, you can identify with Superman easily. Yeah. And The Flash, it's such a... People can... The Flash is one of like, well, how do you identify with that? The Flash's story is always about moving forward, which is something that all of us have to do. And every story in The Flash, the moment he looks back is when things happen badly. His nemesis, the reverse flash, everything he does is about the past. He's from the future. He's going to the past. It's always about bringing you back where the flash wins when he moves forward. You know, Barry in the CW. Barry Allen. Yeah, in the CW issue said when they were talking with Oliver, I think it's one of the crossover events. It's like, so how do your powers work? Every time I'm running towards something, like my powers increase. Every time there's forward momentum. So... That's why I love the DC. It's because all of our stories fit in every single one of those archetypes easily. So, um, yeah. So I'm, that's why I'm really 
I'm excited for this one. So. Okay, we're gonna pause here. We're gonna say if there are going to be spoilers. <laughs> there are going to be so many spoilers. Um, if you have not seen the Batman, what's the one... wrong with you? Excellent question, Jerry. Excellent question. Listeners, you need to stop listening right now. Find your nearest movie theater. Sit there until the next showing starts. Watch a glorious three hours oh, and then come back and finish listening. Okay? Awesome. Love you. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and, you know, but like, you know, as we get into this, we want to actually, like we talked about, there's at least six, six or seven actors. So what we're gonna Honestly, who knows anymore? Well, I mean, look, we have a pretty... Are we counting the cartoons? The oh, animated? Oh, we, we, we have to. Oh. We, we, okay, so let's work... Let's start from... Let's start from Adam West, because he is the one who, you know... Adam passed West. Recently. So let's start... What did you think of Adam West, Batman, and Bruce Wayne? Because those are the two personalities. What did you think of that one? Uh, okay, the best um, iconic scene that comes to mind mm. for me is the scene where the commissioner... Um, calls Bruce Wayne mm. and asks him to come up with a plan with Batman. Mm. And it's Adam West holding two different phones mm-hmm. and speaking to himself <laughs> as both Bruce Wayne and Batman. <laughs> and this was like, the 60s. Yeah. Um, and he does it so well mm-hmm. in such a way that it convinces both like the mayor and the commissioner, whoever's like the on the other, police. yeah, like whoever's like listening in on the conversation that these are two different men mm. with two different motivations who both care about Gotham mm. in their own respective ways, mm-hmm. and Adam West is just utterly charming. Yeah, that's 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 what I love about yeah. Adam West. He was he was heart. Yeah, he had so much heart, and and yes, his mask has eyebrows on it. And it's I, wonderful. To be honest, like, I I love that one. I love his version of the entire nine, the 60, 66 Batman was Adam West. I love how it goes. You know, his Batman would always be like, yes, Robin. Like the the, the whole. Holy. Right. Whatever, Batman. And as a kid. it's Burt Reynolds. It's. No, it's Burt Ward. Burt, oh, my apologies. Um, Burt, Burt Ward. But, yes. yeah, but there's a, such a, it's such a charming good time. I would recommend, if you want, there's no downside to this one. You will be always happy. And mm-hmm. it gave us some of the, a couple of characters. Uh, Catwoman. We got Eartha Kitt. Um, Eartha Kitt was iconic. I, I, it, as Catwoman. And, um, no, um, may she rest in peace. Um, and we had Julie Newmar, like, which were, and there's another one, I keep blanking her name, but she was the one for, because uh, Julie Newmar couldn't be brought back for the movie, so there's a different Catwoman. Well, Julie Newmar was Catwoman first in the series. Right. And then Eartha Kitt, Kitt came. came, and then out. there's another. And Eartha Kitt, like, defined Catwoman. Oh, yeah, the purr thing. Like, oh, the, oh my God. <laughs> you want to be a, like, you're going through puberty. You hear that? It's like. I like women now. Well, that was easy. Uh, <laughs> so, like, so you had that. And, you know, and then we move, you know, then uh, we, 60s, we go to 1979. It's the big moment is when uh, Superman comes out. The Christopher Reeve. Christopher Reeve. Oh, um, I love Christopher Reeve so much. Um, he is Superman. I'm from Kansas originally. So, like, Superman is like the kid next door. It's like, oh, yeah, I know him. Yeah. And My older brother was constantly compared to Superman, which meant I could not have a crush on Superman. Could not do it. Couldn't do it. But 
He's still someone I deeply care about. Yeah. Superman and my brother. <laughs> I was going to say, we've got to be more specific here. <laughs> but like, seriously, my brother throws on a flannel shirt. It's like, oh, hey. All right. This is why I'm a Batman girl. Yeah. <laughs> um, Superman for me was always um, what I responded to. Yes, obviously. There's a scene I will talk about at length till the day I die. It's the, it's just a performance. It's the scene where... Christopher Reeves and Margot Kidder were oh an God. amazing duo. I don't think you can... We, yeah, go ahead. We can't top it. Uh, I mean... Like they had such amazing chemistry, both as Clark Kent and Lois Lane and as Superman and Lois Lane. Yeah, and, and it was the... Perform- I, it's the body language. It's the it's body, the body language. language that Christopher Reeves in, just inhabited because he understood the two different sides of the same character. Like, he understood that Clark Kent Mm -hmm. is a mask for Superman. Like, Superman is who he really is, but he is also still Clark Kent. He, like, he still has the same heart. Yeah, I, and this is kind of where I, and and I love that. It's, it's more of just in that scene when she shoots him, uh, which you guys can find it online. It is my favorite scene in the, in the Donner cut. It's when she shoots him and like he, Christopher is like, no, no, no. And then there's silence. And then his body language, like you said, changes. And you see he stands straight, his chest out and he goes, you know. his voice. Yeah. Right. And he goes like, you know, if um, if I wasn't Superman. Clark, if you had been wrong, if Clark, Clark Kent would, would be dead. Would have been killed from a blank. And then, and you then see, Margot Kidder just holding the gun, gun by her finger, smirking <laughs> at him. And then she's like, gotcha. I'm like, oh, Margot Kidder. May so she rest in I peace. I want to be that clever. To me, that that's my Lois Lane. I know Elizabeth Tollick and uh, Superman and Lois is doing a fantastic job. And Tyler Hoechlin? 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 Yeah. Hoechlin? I, I don't know. He's the voice of Sephiroth. So. Um, he was also Derek in Team Wolf. Never saw that. Well, I saw the Michael J. Fox movie back. I'm I'm dating myself. Anyway, moving on. Um, but they they are they're good. They're good. They're doing the parent dynamic really well. But mm-hmm. I think what's missing, it, it's just the body language. So anyway, so after he, I think Tyler yeah. does the best of the recent Supermans. I agree. I think I like his version of Superman a little bit more than even Henry Cavill. I like most <laughs> Superman better than Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill looks better when he's covered in mud in a white wig, fighting well, mythical <laughs> monsters. Okay, like he just—he doesn't. Ugh. He's too—he's too like stiff or pretty or something. Like, <laughs> he just—he doesn't get that Superman and Clark Kent have two different motivations for things. But. But again, look—he—he's an actor. That's probably look. They were probably thinking, hey. He has the look. He, he is. It's just that he doesn't have... And he doesn't I think have the curl. The spit... Oh, my gosh. The spit curl. But he doesn't have... Or smile. He doesn't smile enough. It's not even smile. He doesn't have... The levity. The, the levity. Which is what... I keep interrupting you. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. It, it's... You know, he doesn't have the levity or the... Superman is so powerful that he doesn't... You know, another scene is you know, the little girl in his first one. She goes like, my cat's in the tree. Oh, I'll get it. That's who Superman is. The guy who takes a minute to do the thing that... The little things. The little things. That's, yeah. And, and the it, thing about the Man of Steel movie is that it was too on the nose with like Christian mythology. And it's not supposed to be Christian mythology. It's supposed to be Judith, Jewish mythology. Because Joe and Jerry, the kids yeah. who 
wrote Superman and invented him when they were teenagers yeah. were Jewish immigrants. They were. And, you know, um, which we'll get into in our Superman podcast. <laughs> yes, it's in the future. This but, is Batman. <laughs> but, you know, so we did that. So Superman comes out and then we finally get, okay, well, Superman did well. Now we're going to get into Batman. So now we get Michael Keaton in Batman and Batman Return. Um, we're rewinding in time. Well, yeah, we're... we're so, so back in the 80s, 90s. Right. So 1989, we have the first Batman. And then we have with uh, Jack Nicholson and uh, Michael Keaton, um, Kim um, Basinger as uh, Vicky Vale and, and so forth. Mm-hmm. And so... The Vicky Vale scene. <laughs> which one? <laughs> the dinner. Uh, this, the- is, this is why I love, I love Michael Keaton. We both love Michael Keaton. Oh, we, that's my favorite Batman, he is, full disclosure. Yes, he is my favorite Batman. But the reason why I love Michael Keaton's Bruce Wayne mm. is the scene where Vicki Vale has come over for dinner, and they're in this dining room, and like the table is super, super long, and they're at opposite ends, uh-huh. long, lengthways. Uh-huh. And she asks him to pass the salt. Right. Um, and he has to like, walk all the way down to the table to hand it to her. Yeah, he did the one thing that even Vladimir Putin couldn't do. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Have you seen those photos of him in, like, long tables? Like, okay, I'm... <laughs> we're not... We're not going to get real this with politics. Okay, but yeah. But yes, and then she asked him, like, Have you ever eaten in this room before? And he, like, legitimately <laughs> looks around, and you cannot tell if he's joking or not when he says, You know, I don't think I've ever been in this room in my life. <laughs> And that's what I loved about him because he has a comedic background and it shows his Bruce Wayne is the one he's, you know, he's, he's witty, he's charming and like you get, you get it. He's like, oh yeah, he's, you know, he was able to, his Bruce Wayne, I really liked. Mm -hmm. He was the one, um, but his Batman was mythic for me. Like that's a really good word for it. Yeah, it's very mythic. Very uh, one of my favorite scenes is at the Ace Chemical when uh, after uh, Jack Napier, Jack Nicholson's character, falls down and becomes that joker. Right before, like, and then like the 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 cops are like trying to get him, and this is of course this is a Batman who can't turn his head because they hadn't figured out how to turn the cow, and he goes like he doesn't say anything, but it, it's just. They can't see you when you do the head bob. <laughs> okay, I'll give you a better this is a example. Podcast. <laughs> so okay, so it's kind of okay. I'll give you an example. of what's one right before that. Actually, this is a much better scene. It's when Jack Nicholson's running up the stairs and Batman's just walking, but like he walks behind him. And I was, it always blew my mind, which is like you, the villain is right. You are literally right behind him. Why aren't you stopping him here? And it's just, it, it's almost like a the. If you, it's like the unknown presence is there. Like everything's happening, Batman is there. Like he was just casually walking around, like taking his time. And I love that. It made him such a mythic, like almost not like a creature, but like he represented. Like an idea. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. So yes, that's, you know, so he did a good Batman. And then, um. And then we had. Catwoman. Uh, Catwoman. Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Can I s- be her when I grow up? Yes, you can. You can be all the cat. You can be Eartha Kid. I, I would all. Ba- guys, I really want to be Catwoman when I grow up. I don't know if you picked up on that. Um, like this has been like a lifelong goal of mine. Can I do any like sort of flips, heroics, theft, anything? No, I- absolutely not. Do I own a lot of black? Yes. I do. <laughs> 
And now people are like, huh. Um, but I'm going to say this, like, her Catwoman, I, I don't think will ever be topped. I think it's one of those characters that is so iconic. Mm-hmm. It's so, it's nowhere near the comics. Like, this is no... No comic origin is anywhere close to the Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman. Mm-hmm. Like, they're very, very different creations. Right. Oh, like it, but it is. For, I don't know what it is, but every time I think of Catwoman, I think of Michelle Pfeiffer. That's what I think of. Like I don't think there's anybody who could. And there, there've been several Catwomen since, but not one of them can just embody the sheer. Like I don't know if it's just sex appeal or I, if it's just charisma, or I think it's a combination of all those. Yeah. And at the end of it, too, you know, another... Like, and also just an amazing actress. That's the other thing. Like, there's a moment... I mean, the end of this movie is very violent. I mean, there's, like, she gets shot by um, uh, Christopher Walken's Max Shrek in the film. But the ending, when after all of that, she has this... Um, what was it? She goes, like, Merry Christmas, Santa Claus. Like, in this... <laughs> Like, it is... It's, it's almost like a sultry... Like, it's... There's... I don't know. She's, yeah. It's she like... Get, Really define the sultriness. Yeah, and it's just... I don't know what it is. I don't it's know. Michelle it's Pfeiffer. Michelle <laughs> So, yeah, so we have those. To quote the song, the white gold, Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh, that's you right. I mean? Yeah. Way to go, Bruno. You got it? Yeah. All right, that song is now stuck <laughs> in everyone's head. Yep. Um, and then we go, so, you know, Batman Returns. But the first Batman, great, huge success. Batman Returns, not as much because, again, like, this is a darker much darker very violent and suggestive across the board so warner brothers decides like we're gonna do something lighter and they get joel schumacher um in his first of two films um sarah's laughing because we all know what we all know what's happening Um, val kilmer (laughs) is batman and chris o'donnell is robin definitely had a crush on him chris o'donnell did i tell you that father what was it father um father mike schmitz audition for that yeah he won he he was actually going to be robin but he said no and he went to chris o'donnell yeah that's amazing so for those of you who are not catholic father mike schmitz is a semi-famous catholic priest who does lots of really cool homilies Homilies. and talks very fast yeah and he is dark-haired and blue-eyed and would have made an excellent Robin. Yes, he does fall in the categories that we, uh, me and some of the boys in R&D have dubbed the Hot Priest collection. <laughs> <laughs> Serious, I'm not kidding you. You Google like Hot Priest, you will find it. But anyway. That's just, that's not. <laughs> but no, I mean, but all seriousness, uh, yeah, Father Mike Schmitz, um, yeah, he's, he does uh, one of the, he's done A Bible in a Year, which is mm-hmm. an amazing podcast. I recommend any, everybody. He has a very good voice, too. He has a very good voice, but he also explains what is taking place, which is why I love A Bible in a Year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the one that I love was they got about slavery. Like, why is it, what was it acceptable back then? Why is it not? Like, it, amazing podcast. Recommend it. Um, so, Batman Forever. Val Kilmer, again, uh, not again, Val Kilmer is... Well, he, again for us, because we already talked about this. <laughs> for you guys hearing this because we have to record this and you had really great things to say the first time around about val kilmer val kilmer let's see if we is, can recreate them all right well, let's see so val kilmer uh right off the back he's a great actor like let's not even he's but for some weird reason he's just not 
doing anything. He's he's pretty to look at, and he's blonde, which is apparently an issue. It's a thing for me, okay? <laughs> like, it weirds me out that they have a blonde Bruce Wayne. Because Bruce Wayne is supposed to be dark-haired and of all the things, light-eyed. Of all the things you can land at the foot of this movie. <laughs> That's the thing I land on. Uh, but, you know, again, he was just... You know, he was the least interesting part of this movie for me. He didn't do anything. Like, I'll be honest, he's he's not... He's very... He's too serious. Like, I, I don't feel the... Like, the Playboy aspect that Michael Keaton had. Like, everything he does, like, when he puts the glasses on, like... Like, the, the thing is, when you put your glasses on, it's serious, Bruce right. Wayne. Um, but for Val Kilmer, he was just rather dull. And it... It wasn't fun. Yeah. Everything else that was fun in this movie... Came from the side characters. Uh, Specifically, Jack... Not Jack Nicholson. Let's talk about Jack Nicholson. No, uh, Jim... Tommy Lee Jones and Jim Carrey. Now... As Two-Face and and the Riddler. Riddler. Um, And this was such a fun Riddler. Like, if you uh, haven't seen this movie in a while, I highly, highly suggest just rewatching it just for the Riddler. Because Jim Carrey was so Jim Carrey. Yeah, I think he's just... This is like one of his early movies. Early movies. This is before I, he was still he was still pretty big, but his his Riddler was imitating of Gorsuch, which was the Riddler in the nineteen in the sixty six Batman, that crazy over the top um, kind of character. Mm-hmm. So you have the scene when he comes in uh, to Two Face Slayer, and the the cane work like people like the way he spun his cane and just like threw his hat out and he he just. He, this was a guy who was given a script and he gave it his all. Like you cannot say it's like that he, he was given a script and he was like, "I'm gonna add glitter." Yeah, and and he does wear glitter in this one crazy suit. It's <laughs> amazing. That's debatable. Oh. <laughs> he has an amazing amount of glitter. Oh my gosh! So but, yeah, Jim Carrey like made this his role so physical. Like Jim yes. Carrey is a very physical comedy guy. Mm. Um, like if you think of. Some of his other movies, like The Mask. Yeah, very... Like, he knows how to jerk his body around and, like, <laughs> use it to define and exaggerate things. And you guys can't see me, but I'm like, that's what I'm doing <laughs> right now. That's why Jerry's laughing at me. But he... Every scene he's in, you're like, oh, wow. He, he, he owns it. He owns the scene. He's chewing the scenery. And mm-hmm. Tommy Lee Jones was, again, ah, uh, I mean, he felt just like the Joker. He laughed too much. I, I never felt the duality of Two-Face, the seriousness seriousness of Two-Face. Yeah. Because, um, again, disclosure, Two-Face is one... I think he's my favorite character in, in the bat because there's some... Interesting. There's... I, I love... But, you know, so we have... So, again, not, I, Batman, very... Not... There's... Not a lot of sparkle. Not, Jim Carrey was the sparkle in that movie. And... Don't remember the, the line? Uh, the, line, the, line <laughs> the line that has imprinted in my brain from that movie is when they're at the, the gala, the celebration thing, uh-huh. and you know, Two-Face comes in, like, shooting, like, top of the staircase, dramatic. Uh-huh. It's very impressive entrance scene. Uh-huh. And then Batman crashes through the skylight. The glass is raining down. It's the cape slow, slow, is blown oh out. My it's God. a little bit of slow motion. <laughs> <laughs> that was me slamming my table. Sorry, I hurt your ears. Um, and Jim Carrey is just like next to Two Face, and he goes, "Your entrance was good. 
His was better. And it said it all. Like, it was... And it's amazing. That whole scene is amazing. So great. Um, And then... Imprinted on my brain. I can uh, see it happening right now. Yeah. And the other thing that was imprinted on my brain, which is a word that didn't exist then, but it's the word thirsty. Ah, Chase Meridian. Oh, my... Man, kids, this is... Like, again, it's Nicole Kidman. Very beautiful and all that. But, oh, my gosh. Like... You want to talk about a movie that failed the Backdale test. This was... <laughs> <laughs> this was like... Chase Meridian's <laughs> only role is to be a woman interested in both Bruce Wayne and Batman. Uh, no, like it, when she... She, for some weird reason, uses the bat signal. And he, Batman gets her. Commissioner, what's wrong? She's on the roof in lingerie. And like literally it's just like... I want to know how she called the cops. <laughs> like, how did how did she get through the police station to the roof? I don't know. It might have because the Commissioner Gordon who shows up in that scene is in his, his jammies. He's <laughs> like, what the heck happened? And I'm like, oh my. This is the chief of police. We're sc- That's like Chief Wiggum, like from The Simpsons. <laughs> so Chase Meridian, and so then... We go to the next one, and you want to talk about lines that stuck with us that we can't get out of our heads? We go to Batman and Robin. <sighs> Which is the George Clooney Batman. The one with the butts and nipples. <laughs> <laughs> like, every single time you see a suit, you see a butt and nipples. Like, what, let's, let's start with the positives. Again, George Clooney, really great actor. Before and after, this, 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 again, anomaly. But I'm guessing... Studio wanted to sell toys, or because it really is a toy commercial. I mean, like they, you know. <gasps> wait, 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 we didn't, we didn't talk about the best thing from from the first one from which, Batman Forever, which was the Seal music video. Oh gosh, the one where he has the open shirt, like, like, like blowing, blowing in the wind, with the wind, and like friends, friends. If you have never seen <laughs> the music video for Kiss from a Rose, you need to stop what you are doing. <laughs> Watch it. It is the best worst thing ever. And it also set a precedent for a lot of boy bands or boy bands or single artists to work out a lot and just to be able to show it all off and, and boy. And like, why? Like, the song, the lyrics have nothing to do with this movie. Like, nothing whatsoever. There is no relationship between Kiss of the Rose and Batman. <laughs> It's it's <laughs> anyways, anyways. It's 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 the nineties. It, it's the it 90s was simpler kids. time. <laughs> oh but So moving on. Batman but, and Robin, George Clooney. Uh they they also had a music video that uh no one will ever talk about anymore because it was done I think it was done by R. Kelly. Um and that guy doesn't well, he's gone. Um from, from the media landscape, not like he's dead or anything. But anyway, so Batman and Robin. Um, so we have Chris O'Donnell as oh, Robin. It's it's a tough watch. I mean, this was the movie that like almost killed the franchise. I mean, after that, they're like, we're not... It was... It's so... What's the word I used earlier? Camp? It's very... But I think it's... What's worse than camp? Pinch? Mm, I don't know. It was... Like, to use modern parlance, um, it was vibes only. (laughs) 
Like, it was just different aesthetics being shown off. And I think one of the reasons why it was like that because of who the villains were. Yeah, this was... So to remember the villains, they were Arnold Schwarzenegger. As Mr. Freeze. As Mr. Freeze. <laughs> Uma Thurman. As Poison Ivy. Who, in fun fact, in every scene, she always takes off a piece of clothing. In every single scene. Oh, that's hilarious. Every single scene. She just shows up, takes off a piece of clothing. <laughs> and <laughs> as Ivy's henchman, Bane, who is played by someone, I have no idea what their name is. It is... Nameless big dude. Yeah, it was like a wrestler or something. I don't know. Probably. But, but, but yeah, I mean... Oh, and Alicia Silverstone as Batgirl, who was apparently Alfred's nephew. Ne- niece. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not tired at all, kids. It's fine. Oh, man. It, it was... And Alfred's surprise niece. Yeah. Which we were all confused, which is like... Because Alfred doesn't have a niece. That's not who Batgirl is. And speaking of which, I'm not sure if we touched on this. Did we touch about how I love Yvonne Craig as Batgirl? Uh, not in this recording. So tell us about your favorite <laughs> Batgirl for just a hot second. Oh, um, yes. So the Batgirl character, um, I think, gained a lot of popularity. Maybe in the, again, this is where this is why I love the 66 Batman. Trust me, we'll get to the new one. But in that, Yvonne Craig, like, it's just such a... She did the role justice, and it was so effortless. Like, there were two scenes. Well, like, one of my favorite things about that was when, you know, when her first introduction, she beats all these criminals. She spins on the table, crosses her legs, and has her hand on her uh, chin, just watching Batman and Robin uh, go to town. But the other thing that was so great is I would always watch the intro sequence, because as soon as you saw her cycle go across the screen, you're like, she's in this one. Like, that's how you knew Batgirl was in it, and... You get to Bat... Also, you had a girl on a motorcycle! And, Finally! But you get to Alicia Silverstone, and you, like... It... it like, I, I guess there's still comic shame. I think there was still a little bit of either this is too kiddish, or they were never... Yeah, they didn't know what to do with the comic books right then. Like, it's like, oh, are comic books for kids? Or, like, can adults take them seriously? Like, yeah. we, which means we can't, if, we can't treat this seriously, so... So we were talking about Alicia Silverstone. Sorry, we got distracted. Um, um, so yeah. And comic books and how like they couldn't quite decide if they were to be taken seriously or... Yeah, they were still... High, yeah. you, you still have that. Excuse me. You still have a little bit of that comic shame. But then, in the midst of this horrific decade, um, there's a gem that kind of emerges. And that is Let's the see. Batman animated series. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, we, we, we have got to talk. Like, we can't... There's no Batman discussion... That can be had without talking about that. Because for a lot of us, that was Batman. And and it still is. We compare everything Batman related for a lot of us to that series. Because that series was fantastic in so many ways. Um, And the Batman in this one was one Kevin Conroy. Which... Who's just... The most iconic voice actor ever. When I think and that about, might not be actually true, but like his voice is just Batman. It, 
it, it is Batman. It, it's that's when I read a comic, that's who I think about. That's mm-hmm. it's Kevin Conroy's voice. And what was so great about Kevin Conroy is, in as much as Christopher Ray was able to do the do the different voices, Kevin Conroy does the two different voices. You hear his Batman voice and his Bruce Wayne voice. And like you can't like you're like yeah, obviously he's just. It, it, it was Finish so... Finish your sentence, Jerry. I, I can't... I'm too... Ex- okay. He it's, really he really loves Batman. He, he, he did such an amazing job. And what was interesting is he... He was... Uh, when, when they were doing this, this was after Batman had become a really big thing and Warner Brothers Studios was building its own thing. Um, Steven Spielberg was, like, crushing animation and Bruce Timm, uh, I think, and Paul Dini and the whole group got together and they wanted to do a Batman animated... And he comes in, he was, somebody said, hey, you should go read for this. He didn't know. And he went in there. Andrea Romano, who is the voice uh, director, casts him and he goes and he gives his performance. Because they had interviewed so many people and he comes and reads the Bruce Wayne, nails it. Mm. Then he does, then they're like, then we hear the Batman voice and they're like, we're done. And then she said something like they had 500 interviews. I don't remember the exact thing. But he's Batman. The Batman animated series premieres uh, in primetime. Uh, because back then, again, due to the censorship restriction, like this was, you couldn't show this like in, in the morning or anything. So it had the prestige of it being in primetime. Primetime is where adults usually are. And it, it's like, wow, a cartoon? Like past five o'clock? What? And these were stories of magnitude. These were stories that sometimes ended with that good didn't win all the time Mm. there was tragedy there was cruelty there was sadness there was all of these amazing things um the the most famous one there's numerous one my favorite is when poison ivy um kidnapped this guy this professor and uses dna to give herself a family that's when you realize how heartbroken she was the one thing she Mm. wanted she had she used her abilities and thing to and that was such an amazing story. At the end mm-hmm. of it, Batman doesn't catch her. Like, she's, she's escaped. But it's the, it's the shot of her looking at the, the, these photo albums of the family she wanted, and she's crying, and you realize this is all she wanted. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, I remember thinking, like, damn it, like, this was so insanely good. Yeah. Heart of Ice. Oh, my, like, if you didn't cry at the end of, like, it's... You have to... Tell people what that is. Heart of Ice is the, it's the Mr. Freeze origin story. Ah, <sighs> Victor Freeze. Which, and Mark Hamill plays, you know, he's a joker, but he plays the guy who screws him up. Like Mark Hamill? Yeah. He plays everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Luke Skywalker himself. Like, he is a treasure. Like, I know we spend billions of dollars on defense, but let's throw a couple billions to making sure we don't lose him. Like, let, let's, let's diversify the defense portfolio a bit. Um, but Mr. Freeze, you realize he was just trying to cure his wife. Mm-hmm. And because some jackass didn't want things to, like he wanted the technology or whatever, he gets in there, screws up everything, and Freeze is caught in this lab accident caused by this bastard, and he becomes Mr. Freeze. And when you find out what, when you realize what happened, and all this guy is trying to do is to just save his wife. Yeah. Like, where is Bruce Wayne's money now? <laughs> you, you, it, it, it hurts so much. It, this, it's about heartbreak. It's it, about doing whatever you can for 
someone that you love. Yeah, and it, it, it had all this, and then there's another one about these kids in the that are being taken, um, like homeless kids. No, actually, no, it was about the homeless. And that's another one, which is like when the homeless people disappears, who cares? Mm. And they were being taken to these slave camps and everything. But Batman gets involved and like, oh, gosh, that's what this is what makes me happy. It's injustices that happen that no one gives a damn about. Batman does. And what he does is he finds out and just beats ass. It's just like, yes, like you're just, oh, this this is what made you love the character so much for it. And so yeah. Kevin Conroy, I, I don't think there's, to me, that's still the number one bat. I, I know Michael Keaton's like there. Michael Keaton's our favorite live action but Batman. Kevin but Con- Kevin Conroy is the voice. He's the voice. And you know what pisses me off about DC is he Kevin Conroy's here. Put him in, a, like just cast him in the movie. I guarantee you that makes a billion dollar easily. Because you you will have the OG fans who go, dude, Bat like the voice of Batman is in this. I'm going, like DC in their cinematic universe pisses me off to no end because they're just leaving money on the table. And okay, well let's just talk about what the problem that DC has for a moment, yeah, just for a moment, just for a hot moment. We'll get to the. Review. They don't love their characters. No, they don't. Every time yeah. they just this like, is. Oh, this is this this is the frustration for for us is we love all these characters so much so much it like, but like, watching a company that that doesn't care about them that, that doesn't understand them that, like no no stop doing that to Jason Todd like we just, love him it's and, and it's not just in it's you don't not, know who Jason Todd is it's fine <laughs> and it's not just in live action. It's even in the comics. It's more just they have somehow. I hate canon right now. I can't read it. I mean, the only DC book I actually I'm not reading any of them. I'm in Marvel World right now. But these are characters that are so that 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 are that it, it's not hard. It's uh, not hard to do right by these characters, and yet, and yet they've somehow managed to to suck. <laughs> Because Ugh. they're focusing on things... You know, a friend of mine told me this. I don't know what they're focusing on. They don't know what they're focusing on. Whenever they have a problem, the Flash comes in and resets the universe. And they're like, okay, it's fine. We're going to reset everything. Except but, that doesn't fix anything. Because they don't know what to do. The, the one thing also about DC that they created that um, that now Marvel's running with, which I'm like, like the multiverse, that's a DC creation. Mm-hmm. The Flash of Two Worlds by... Uh, Way back in the day when Jay Garrick and Barry Allen met for the first time because Barry vibrated differently. <laughs> like, not that. <laughs> oh, I forgot to mention we're 12. Um, But, like, the multi <laughs> We've lost Sarah. It's uh, fine. It's fine. But the concept, you could just, like, Zack Snyder made his version of the Justice League. Mm-hmm. His version were, these are Greek gods. And you're like, oh, okay, that kind of makes sense. It, I get archetypes. Those are art, like, but that's what it needs. It's like you can do that, mm-hmm. but with, for example, Batman, the Batman, which you know, he's a detective. Yeah. He's called the world's greatest detective, mm-hmm. and for about outside of Adam West and um, Michael Keaton, Con- a little bit. 
But just a little, little bit. But we didn't see it. Yeah. Like, he's a detective. Like, what does detective work look like? Yeah. And for the first time, and we're going to get there, um, before we get to what it meant, like, we, we jump into the next set of movies, which is the trilogy. The, the, the Christopher Nolan, the Nolanverse, the, which, Dark Knight trilogy. Which is where I think... First, I love these movies. This is not me going like, and this is not a disclaimer because I'm gonna like destroy them. Like, these are great films, but the one thing that I would say that's missing is the fantastic. It's yeah, it's very realistic. Right. It almost too realistic. It's almost nihilistic in its realism. Yes. Very. It's got that. It's very nihilistic. So that's. Yeah. That's kind of a... there's Which translates across the screen. Like, this is not a world that has much hope at all. This is not a Batman whose goal is to give people hope or protection. Right. It's very... Um, this is not a world where Superman exists. Yeah. This is not a world where Diana exists. This is not a world where superpowers or mythology exists. exists. It, it, it's very much a... It's a it's a cop show with a guy wearing a cape. It very feels. It's Punisher in a funny hat. <laughs> it... Am I wrong? Am I wrong? See, no, that's the sound he makes no. when he knows I'm right, but he doesn't want to admit it. It's it's not well. Okay, first of all, the Punisher is bloody as hell. But this is not different, different not work. a whole lot of detective work in there. Like he's no, not... it's very gadgety. Very gadgety. Yeah, and, and it's there's not. So that was that's what's missing. It's more of Batman is. Uh, Batman's a tech bro. Yeah, it feels very like that. Yeah. Well, Lucius technically, but yeah, very techy. So we didn't again very great films. I mean, heck, because of you know that trilogy, the reason you're getting a million comic book movies a year and TV, and it's because of that film. It changed yeah. the industry. It it did, yeah. but. We mentioned this in our lost recording, <laughs> which I mourn. Uh, um, we, the villains drive those movies. They do. And um. we see Bruce react, not necessarily respond, um, which I don't think is like quite true to the character. Because like Batman has contingencies for everything and the thing you didn't think about and the other thing if it goes the other way. And, and that's... That's true. The villains in this one are the villains drive the trilogy. You yeah. have Rachel Gould, which played by Liam Neeson in the first one. Which again, this was a time where you know he's a white dude. He's a British white dude. <laughs> really would have preferred someone you know slightly more, you know, like Ken Watanabe, the Rachel Gould in the movie, the one who's pretending to be the fake. Yeah, one. that guy it was great. Um, he he looked the part, and then it was Liam Neeson playing Liam Neeson. And, and, yeah, and this is... a badass, again, but he would have made a better Deathstroke. He would have been. He would have definitely been... He would have been, like, such a cool Deathstroke. And he has not only the intellect, it shows nothing against John Mangiello or Joe Mangiello, the, the guy from... But Liam Neeson's Deathstroke... The guy from who? Uh, do you remember the bully in Spider-Man 1 that Peter fought on the hallway? Nope. Okay. Uh, okay, I can't help you there. <laughs> Oh, you mean the guy who plays Deathstroke in the Arrowverse? Yeah. No, not that. The one who plays Deathstroke in... Um, you saw the end of Batman vs. Superman, right? Like forever ago. Um, I'm trying to think. Did you ever see the crappy Justice League movie? 
Nope. Okay. You know what? We'll get Moving there. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> but you have uh, Liam Neeson, the, the way he portrayed himself in that, you could easily just, I can see that stroke in there. Yeah. Because um, Liam Neeson is a badass. No one's arguing about that. Yeah. But again, this was a, at a time where, you know, cultural appropriate, like... Cultural appropriation, very early 2000s. Very early 2000s. There's a, there's a lot thing, of that. Just man. Um, and then you have Heath Ledger with the, the most, um, again, amazing performance. Mm-hmm. And and this also changed another dynamic, which was, I know we're, we're on the cusp of uh, Oscar weekend, but this is also a movie that changed the Oscars because mm-hmm. that movie was the one that everybody went to go see. And the fact that it was never nominated for anything... People are like, you're gonna have an Oscars for the best movie of the year, and The Dark Knight's not what what, and you know there was, but so you have these movies that are driven by the villains and not very gadgety, and Christian Bale not he, he's a good Bruce Wayne I, I think he's very yeah. but he's very he was very playboy he was very like very playboy yeah you would not take him seriously no you couldn't. Uh, and he did a really good job. His Batman. Like it was good that he you couldn't take him seriously. Like that, that was praise. That, that was praise. Like, like yeah, okay, you're you're Bruce Wayne again. You bought this restaurant again, and you're allowing people to jump in fountains. <laughs> Which comes. Uh, All right. Yeah, you know he comes. You know, and it, I bet, yeah, I hope he tips well. Yeah. And the, the other the other thing about this series, it's famous for the voices. Where, <laughs> Whether it, be, that whether it be Batman's voice, the Joker's voice, uh, Bane's voice, like all the main villains had these amazing voices yeah. that were imitated to no end. Batman was like, he had marbles in his mouth or something like, where are they? Like, Where is she? Where is never give it to him. Like, it was just like. Like, vocal <laughs> cry to the extreme, <laughs> sir. And then How did if, he not damage his vocal cords? Did he damage his vocal cords? <laughs> Maybe. And then you had Bane with the whole mask thing, which we, you know. Tom Hardy did an amazing job for what he did. Dark Knight Rises. I think it's, I like I like this whole trilogy. It's it's good. Um, you merely adopted the darkness. I was born, born into it. it. Molded, molded by it. it. Oh, that, that whole fight. See, he got Bane very, very well. Unlike the Uma Thurman, Hitchman <laughs> Bane, who was just a meat suit. And said, like, one sentences, like, bomb. Like, words? Forget sentences. That's too hard. Bomb. Yeah. Bomb. It's like... Bane is supposed to be highly intelligent. Yeah. Um, and, again, obsessed with power. Yes, if you read the... Um, and then what, what leads into the Nightfall story is when he, he finds... It's comic books. Yeah, he finds out who Batman is, gets into the Batcave, and breaks his back, which they showed... And I love that they showed his intelligence. He, you know, when he goes like, Bane, let's not stand on ceremony here, Mr. Wayne. I'm like, they, you know yeah. what? I'm sure there's no venom, but you know what? They got the character pretty much right. So um, so now we get into... I also might have a crush on Tom Hardy. It's fine. I don't play for that team. Um, <laughs> and now we get to where we are. Uh, today. Today to... Pattinson, Robert Pattinson, uh, of uh, our Pats, uh, of Twilight fame, which I, again, which is just, it's weird how certain things stick into the social cultural memory because mm-hmm. he's done so many things since then, and like Twilight had a great cast stuck in a horrible script, and every single actor who was in there those movies like they've either 
like they either were big names or they became big names. Anna Kendrick was in those movies. Do you remember that? No, no, I don't. She I'm, barely remembers that. <laughs> I don't. The only movie I remember her from is from Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Um, I never. I was never. I never watched Twilight. I remember it was a big to do. Neither um, did I. There was, you know, when I was, uh, was at, when I was a youth group, there were like, you know, kids would talk about it at length, and it was again. Again, nothing, nothing against for people who love that series. I think if it gets you to read and all that, I'm all for that. But it was just never a thing for me. And yeah, acting, it felt very, I don't know, CW-ish <laughs> for me. I, it was never, but seeing the guy we had in the suit, I, that was a revelation for me. I was like, oh, all right, this. All right, yeah. He was good. Robert Pattinson as both. Wet kin Bruce Wayne and as Batman were very good. It was like, oh yes. This is definitely a Batman, a Bruce Wayne in his early 20s suffering from severe depression where his only outlet, his only social interaction <laughs> is with his butler, his maid, and beating up people at night. Oh. And occasionally Jim Gordon, who was Oh my so gosh, great. Jeffrey Wright. Oh. But all right, let, let's let's get a we, thousand gold stars to him. Let's get into it. So the, what we're gonna do again? Spoilers, spoilers. We're gonna go. You we're have gonna, not seen this movie. Stop listening. Go to your nearest theater. Sit there. Watch it. Come back. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna go through the movie, not frame by frame, but just generally. So, movie starts um, with the um, with Ave Maria playing <laughs> in the background. We see shots of a family in a very rich. Opulent. I honestly thought, like, when I saw yeah. that scene, I'm like, oh my gosh, are we doing the origin story again? Yeah. I, like, I thought it was the Waynes. It's not the Waynes. Yeah, it's not the Waynes. And then um, we are introduced to to the Riddler. Who uh, is very, very much not like Jim Carrey's Riddler. Not... Go ahead, sorry. Like, because Jim Carrey was fun. He was full of riddles. And he wanted you to answer them or get them wrong so he could tell you the answer. Because the Riddler's whole shtick is that he wants to prove that he is smarter than you. Mm-hmm. Like, that's his goal. Like, he wants to be recognized for his intelligence. Mm-hmm. Um, Gotham, the TV show, also did a really good job about that. Mm-hmm. This was not that kind of Riddler. This was a domestic terrorist Riddler. Yeah. It and- was like, why can't you see the dots that I'm connecting? Which, again, Which is- dangerously close to real life. That Yeah. This was not, again, this is not to say the movie's bad, but I think... We, no, it's an excellent movie. It's a great movie, but we... We freaking uh, love it. But this Riddler guy? This was... So weird. It, not only so weird, but it, it almost, this was, this was, this is very haunting. Like, in as much as... Yeah, that's a good word for it. Very haunting. And it lost, and like, we keep talking about the fantastic, which I believe... No, I think is necessary in Batman story mm-hmm. because when you ground it so much into real life, that's that when you have the Nolan verse. You have the Nolan, which are good movies, but I think it misses when it's grounded so much in real life. It something's off, and so when we get that scene when he kills the mayor in the beginning, the fact that he almost had um like a, he delighted in like what he like the horror is going to unleash on this, yeah. which we find out what he does later on. That was. That really, like that was he, a little... He enjoyed being cruel. Yeah. And that's... Kids, if you enjoy being cruel, please find your nearest psychiatrist. Or just don't do it. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I was, that, was, that was a little much. But then we, 
we get into uh, Batman's narration. Like he's mm. like the bat signal blares, and then that's what it starts. Uh, we have an image of uh, Jeffrey Wright, uh, which. He was Lieutenant Gordon at this stage. Every time there's a lieutenant, as soon as I watch as like the commissioner shows up, you look, that dude's going to die. <laughs> He's going to uh. die soon. Um, but we get this monologue of, you know, uh, what the, uh, like this introduction to the shadows and like how like the signal goes out. It's like when that light hits the sky, it's not just a signal. It's a warning. And. You see criminals react to that warning. Yeah, like, what was it? What was the, the, the paint dude? What was it? So, they have the guy, like, doing some graffiti on a building. Mm-hmm. And then he, like, chips or something, and, like, the can falls out of his hand and it rolls into the shadows. Mm-hmm. And you, he, like, you see him, like, start to follow, and then he, like, sees the shadow. And he can't see anything into that shadow. Mm-hmm. We can't see anything into that shadow. Mm-hmm. What he can see is the bat signal. Right. So he just like slowly backs up and runs away. Like, I don't need that can of paint. Nope, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Nope. And then the other guy who robs the like. We have a guy who robs the convenience store. Yeah. And then like. He looks. He looks up. Go- sees the bat signal. Looks back in front of like where he was heading. It's like, there are shadows there. Like I can't. Is he gonna? He like starts backing up. He gets hit by a car. <laughs> Like, yeah, like, that's the impact of a warning, a fear. And and that's what I loved is, no, these, and what's interesting is it, the criminals realize what they're doing is wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, they're aware, they're like, oh, I did something wrong. And, and the it, shadows are watching. And the shadow, like, I'm scared that if, and it's almost like the, the, the legend of like, if I'm, if he finds me, oh my gosh, what's he going to do to me? Well, we don't have to wait long because we find that out. Yes. As we're. Guessing which shadow Batman will come out of. We're also following along um, a gang on a subway. And then we switch focus, and the camera focuses on a man who gets off the subway. And the gang follows him. Presumably for nefarious means. Yes. Because that's what happens. Yes. Um, And then... And then... We hear... Footsteps. Footsteps. So... Ominous footsteps. So... Coming... From uh-huh. a deep black shadow. Yep. And uh, I'm not a fan of it, right? This is where I see this. Um, so we're here again, like, the, the, the audience. The, the, it's quiet. Because we're like, somebody hears it first and it's like, shh. And then we're like, we're hearing it. We're like, oh my gosh. And, and it, like, that's a horror movie trope. <laughs> like, to hear something before you see it, mm. it's a horror movie trope. Like, designed to catch your attention and make you focus and make yeah. you slightly paranoid. Mm-hmm. And and he and we get the reveal of him just walking out of the shadow, and it it's it's not it stands out because it, compared to the other reveals of Batman, which is I'm Batman, or like you know that's the line he never says that line doesn't um, need to doesn't need he and he shows up and then this poor poor man and what I mean that is the one who stupidly decides like I'm gonna take him out we're in a group here. The- Goon number one. <laughs> Never, not even in hell would you see a massacre like this dude was he just, just... He gets his ass whooped. Un, and and I don't know, we're not violent people. You and I are, uh, and you know, we don't delight in violence. But for whatever reason... When Batman does it? <laughs> it's just like, it does so much for my soul. It was just like, <laughs> I, I just was like, I, 
is there an is there another version of like a half an hour of just that? And Batman just beats everyone. He he gets shot in the chest and nothing and go it's it's an excellent fight scene. Visceral and merciless like and just so well choreographed. It's not flashy, it's not excessive, it mm-hmm. is precise. It feels very precise. Like he knows he knows exactly what he needs to do to take out this group of people. Mm-hmm. And it's very angry. Like it, this is this is not a Batman who, you know, Batman is so precise that he, he knows a couple of things he can do here and there, but this was a very angry fight, you know, mm-hmm. shy of killing you. Like, this was, like, I almost felt like everyone either had broken, like... Or, oh, there were broken bones. People are going to the it's hospital. It's so... And, and there's no music, too, like, in that scene. No. There's nothing. Which is just so good. So good. Very, like, indie, kind of, like... And so the the fight ends, and then, like, we get a good close-up. He looks at the signal, and we get, like, a zoom-in on um, Pattinson's eyes. Uh, which... Those are the stars themselves. Batman in this movie does so much with just, he's looking and it's unsettling, which is like, that's, again, great. And yeah. so they get to go to the murder scene because like the, um, the, the um, um, Gordon. Yeah, called Gordon, called, Gordon calls him, but they're going to the scene mm-hmm. where the mayor has been killed. Um, and again, as he's walking in, like Gordon's walking in front mm-hmm. and then, you think camera's following, yeah. The camera's following, but it's really from the perspective of Batman. Right. Because Matt Reeves, I read this, um, yeah. like he loves he loves that trick of mm. like putting you in a perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see this later on in the movie, like after the car chase with Penguin mm-hmm. and the flip. Which we'll get to. Which we'll get to. It's so cool. <laughs> Um, like you want to, he wants you to see what the character is seeing and experience what they're feeling. Mm -hmm. So like as the camera from the perspective of Batman is following Gordon, you see all the other cops look at him and Mm -hmm. like you see how, how freaked out and weirded out they are that Mm -hmm. he's here. Like the suspicion, the fear, the judgment, the disdain, the, Mm -hmm. the, all the emotions. Okay. Yeah. And again, up until the one goes who like, who stops him. Like, he was like, hey, he's like, he's with me. And then after he goes through, he's like, freak. Like, Which just, like, speaks to Gordon's character as well. Mm-hmm. It's like, everyone else may or may not be slightly shady. But it's, Gordon is a good man. And, and Jeffrey Wright does an amazing job. I love how Commissioner Gordon has become more in, like, part of, like, he's almost like a he's, part, yeah. partner. And, yeah, yeah. And so they're in the crime scene, and then we understand, like, why Batman is looking, you know. And then, of course, you have the line, you know, the guy comes and like, like, the cop shows up, like, the, the, you know, the police commissioner shows up. As soon as I saw him, I was like, yeah, well, set your clocks, kids. He's going to die soon. Um, he's like, he's involved in this? He's a vigilante. That line, I don't know why it resonates. He's like, he's a vigilante. And then... Batman's looking at everything. and then, Again, super quiet. Super quiet. And then he goes, does this mean anything to you? So the Riddler, this is the first indication we get mm-hmm. that the Riddler is trying to communicate with Batman. He's, it's he's, a card. It's a card. And then... With the worst handwriting. <laughs> this is a trash panda of a Riddler. <laughs> it's... Yeah, I, I even got that. It's like, what is a dead... What was it? What is a dead man... I forget what it is it, but the, the answer was like... He lies still. I'm like, like, what happens when a liar dies? He lies still. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, I know this one. I'm like, 
But they can't make the riddles too complicated. Like, you don't want, like... Which is just so sad because, again, Riddler in the Adam West show was just, like, so funny. And the answers were, like, off the wall. And then you had to, like, jump three steps to get there. And Even in the animated series. Those were the yeah. ones where I actually had to stop and think. But, look, you and I live and breathe this stuff. Like, the average person would be like... It, that, that would be above their pay grade. Like, it'd be... It's fine. I'm, it's fine. <laughs> Nerd but, up. <laughs> but, but so we get this scene, and then so now we start getting into the story, which is, mm-hmm. you know, the Riddler is leaving these things, and Batman is now, you know... Uncovering a conspiracy. Is a, is a conspiracy. And then, you know, and then he heads back. Um, after the interaction, he, he leaves. But we, you know, we, we start learning a bit about Bruce Wayne, like... He's been doing this for so long, like, days are blurring, like, he keeps a journal, like, so he understands, like, he's able to... He's been doing this for about two years at this point? Yeah, this is, like... This is still early Batman. Right, early Batman, so he's keeping a journal of, like, okay, like, you're seeing the building blocks of the great detective that we'll see. Yeah. Um, And then we also, like, I'm like, wow, and then he takes off the contact lenses that he has, I'm like, wait, why is he... Why does he have contact lenses? And then you realize he's been, like... He's been recording things through his contact lenses. They're cameras. Right. Which is very clever. Very. And I'm waiting for them to actually invent that. Uh, I'm waiting for them, like, to just go white one time. And be like, oh, my gosh, we finally did it. <laughs> white lenses. That'd be so cool. Um, but that's really early. Right, Anyways, right. it's fine. Yeah, but then you realize. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. But then you realize, like, he's recording, like, he's recording everything. And you're like, of course. Of course. That's what a detective would do. He mm-hmm. he walked around the scene, took like, alright, like we're getting into it. Like you see him, like when you think back, like he walks to a specific part of the room mm. and the crime photographer follows him. Right. Because she's like, I'm paying attention to you and what you're paying attention to. Mm-hmm. And, and and again, that's what's so interesting. Um and then he does the most you know, he takes off his helmet and, and all that. And then and then we get He's just he's the got most he's got the two ever. well he's got the like the black guy makeup yeah which scandalously if you ever if you remember Batman mm-hmm. Returns <laughs> there's no black eye makeup in the movies and everyone's like where's the eye makeup yeah it's unapologetic so he he takes he's a mess he's yeah our Pat's is a mess of a Batman and I love it like the hair is like like he is a just mess. a wet kitten that's <laughs> <laughs> the way the internet's describing him and I love it it's so, like yeah. Like, uh, it's like very Kurt Cobain, like very grungy, like he's... Oh, yeah. But I'm like... He would totally listen to Nirvana, come on. Yeah, but again, it Nirvana plays in the, in the, in the background. background, yeah. Which I'm like, it, it makes sense. I mean, he, he's a billionaire. He's... Billionaires are weird. Like, I'm... Rich people, rich people are, are weird. weird. Uh, just look at him right now. Um, And so he's... Alfred goes, it's like, hey, we got a business meeting. He's like, dude, I don't care about any of that. It's like... Well, you should, because this is the thing that funds your little hobby. Also, can we talk about Andy Serkis as Alfred for a minute? What the crap, Golem? <laughs> we ha- you went from Smeagol to Butler, and well done, sir. And he directed uh, Venom 2. That's an Andy, he directed Venom 2. Oh, why did my brain not know this? Uh, because Venom is not... Uh, I do love Venom. Again, Tom Hardy. Uh, Anyways, but, we'll, but, have a, we'll have an but, episode but again, of that. Alfred, I, I love, like... It was a very clever Alfred. Yeah, and well. we're going to be jumping all over the place on, again. Uh, but, like, you go to the end, 
like after the when they're in the hospital scene. Mm-hmm. There's and, a hospital scene. No one dies. It's okay. But it was such a moving thing when and I I love that scene. We got an apology from Bruce. But we got an apology. But you also saw what was missing. Mm-hmm. Like one of the themes in this movie is the father role. Mm-hmm. How it's it's about uh, the flaws of the fathers. Like you have. <sighs> Uh, Carmine Falcone, who is a father to... Falcone or Falcone? Eh, I go Falcone. Okay. It, it sounds more... Falcone! Falcone feels very... Anyway. But he is Selena, um, Selena's father, so you have, like, how he's broken as a father. And then you mm-hmm. have Thomas Wayne. He's not the, the father you imagine. And then you have... The Alf- mayor, even. The mayor. He's not as good. And then you have... Alfred. Alfred. And Alfred is the one that, as soon as Alfred said, you need a, like, like you need a father. And it, what, that's what really got me was mm-hmm. being a father is more than just like giving, like being part of giving birth. Like, it's it, more than DNA. It's more than DNA, but it's like that essential, the guidance that's important. And how when it's done poorly, like Fal- let's, uh, Carmine Falcone didn't care it was about his selfishness before anything else yeah and the consequences that he had a daughter who he killed this like he was just a monster and you and one of the lines that mm-hmm. selena kyle said um is that i used to hang out um in the dressing room while my mom worked and every time i would see him i would be terrified right and i didn't know why and then one day my mom explained who she he was right and i was even more terrified and, and that's the other thing. And then it shows... Also, yeah. Zoe Kravitz. Excellent job. Hey. Excellent. She's... She is a tiny, whip-smart, <laughs> vicious... Oh, <sighs> she is good. And, and we'll, we'll dive into it. But yeah, like, it's... And that's, that was the other thing. It's, it's the role that a father plays yeah. has such importance. Because you saw when... A, a little girl being afraid of her father. Like, that's, mm-hmm. that, like, automatically I went, damn it, okay, that's... And then you have Alfred when he goes, like, I taught you how to fight, but you needed it. Like, you needed a father. Like, he, And then you see Bruce, like, try to respond, like, no, you were my dad. And, and oh, God, that's... And then they held hands and it. <laughs> it! It was that, that moment, you're like, oh, my gosh. It was, it was tender. Such a tender like, scene. And you I can wish... tell they cared about each other so much. And he even says it's like, like when he found out, he goes like, I almost, he didn't want to feel that pain again. Because mm-hmm. he came close. Yeah. It's like, oh. I, I can't do that again. You're not, no, no. I, I'm not doing that again. And you see, and that scene also shows. This Bruce... is how we say I love you in comic books. Yeah. You can't die on me. We <laughs> <laughs> also see Bruce Wayne is still a kid. He's a baby. The trauma isn't gone. No matter how like in... Damn it, like that, yeah. that really, that was interesting. And then you see what, you know, and then you have Selena and Karma. Like that was just such a... Like, Selena's had to grow up very quickly because her mom was murdered. And she saw it. No, she, she didn't. didn't. Oh, she didn't see it. She didn't see it. It was an unsolved murder. Right. And then we hear about how she was murdered. And then we see, or rather we hear someone else murdered in a similar way. Ooh. And then... We see someone murder, try to murder Selena in the same way, and guess who it is? Go on, audience, guess. Just give it a guess. <laughs> <sighs> it's the hard Roman. To tell you. Um, yeah, and, and that was in Zoe Kravitz. Excellent casting. She did such a good role. And then you. And what's interesting about her character is, and again, we talk about 
Like she did what she needed to do to survive, and again, she's a street cat. She's a street cat, and, and it. And then we also see her compassion, like exactly. She was in this mystery for her friend, and then she discovers her friend is has been murdered, mm-hmm. and then she wants vengeance. And and what's what's interesting is, usually in Batman stories, it's always every story revolves around Batman, right? It's mm-hmm. always like, okay, it's my I'm doing things, and let's surround it. Right. But the scene when she's in the uh, under, like the 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 the, the forty four below or whatever. The, yeah, the the other the, bar. The club within the club. The, yeah, the scene when Bruce is like, "Oh wait a minute, no, I didn't get like because when she hears the name of her friend, mm-hmm. like she goes like, no, 'No, I'm going.' Like she literally abandons the mission that Batman set and goes to find out. And that's when I realized this Selena Kyle. Every kid, like she has her own story, like. It's just Batman and her happen to cross and they have to work, but oh yeah, she's driven by something she else. She could she could lead a Catwoman movie, and you know what, Halle Berry. As much as people, you know, she owns that role, and you know, in retrospect, yeah, the movie's not great, but that's that's the script. I still don't understand how they managed to screw up Halle Berry at the height of Halle Berry. I would say it's because. It was Halle Berry. It's counter chain. It wasn't anything beyond that. But Selena goes... Bastards. Yeah, Selena does her own things. Like, she's going to find out who killed her friend. Yeah. And I'm not sure. Maybe she's bisexual in the movie. Like, I I don't know. But there's, like, a couple hints of this. Um, And even her depiction of Catwoman isn't sexual. Which I... I, Isn't... It's... Like when when Batman's looking at her, mm-hmm. like there, it's not. It's not through the stereotypical male gaze love interest. Yeah, it's the who are you? Are you an asset or are you an enemy? Yeah, it, it was. It, that's another thing. It felt very. You're an equal. Yeah, I, and that's what I thought. I love. There's, 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 there's. There's that. a professional distance almost. Mm-hmm. Like he knows more about her than she knows about him because mm-hmm. that's how Bruce works because he's a paranoid. Idiot at times. <laughs> Bless his heart. Uh, but, like, Selena is also a master thief. Like, the very first thing that Bruce says to her is, mm-hmm. you're very good at this. Mm-hmm. Like, and, he recognizes her skill. Yeah. And, and we, we cat- we, he catches her in the act. Like, she has her own thing. And, um, and then we have um, and the other characters in here is uh, Colin Farrell's Penguin. Which... Who I did not recognize as Colin Farrell at first. I couldn't even... Which, man, that is an amazing makeup job. I didn't even know he was in it. Like, if somebody told me... I kept thinking, like, who is this guy? Like, Colin Farrell? No. Right? It is. Right? Yeah. And his role was also really good. Again, he's good in every scene he's in. Um, there were no bad scenes. That's what's interesting about this. Yeah, it was so well executed. Yeah, at a three-hour length time, you would think, like, well, they could probably cut this off, but it's like... No, each of these scenes, like, it's very necessary to this story. Mm -hmm. Very necessary, and then so... Even the fight scenes were... It was just so well executed. Like, that's what I keep coming back to. Like, Mm -hmm. they knew what they wanted. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the other thing also was... One of the things that I love also in the movie was... Um, they talk about race in this one. Race and classism, right? So I loved how many times Bruce Wayne's privilege got thrown into his face. Both as Batman and as Bruce Wayne. You mean the door thing? <laughs> when he goes to the club and he opened the... the, the, the like, moment. do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? He's like, get the foot. 
I can swear. He's like, get the fuck out of here. And then, and then the other, and then he beats those guys and gets in. Second time, do you know who I am? Oh, Holy like, shit, you're Bruce, Bruce Wayne. Wayne. Oh, yeah, come, come Can on. Can we get in. a selfie? Yeah. Third time, he just sneaks in. <laughs> it's not. Also, even... what are you doing going to the front door? Come on, bats. Uh... Whatever. And then the conversation <laughs> at the mayor's funeral with the um, mayoral elect candidate, um, who was also an amazing actress. Right. And I, and it's I, like your your family has a history of philanthropism, but as far as I can tell, you're not doing anything. I want to change that. And, and that's what I loved about that scene too. It's like you have a black woman going, as opposed to you have a black woman going to a white man, a very wealthy white, white man, man, and saying, "Here's how we can work together." I I couldn't like when I was watching. I'm like, damn it, that's a yes, like. It, because I'm always of the mind, like, instead of this division stuff, which I know they're, the country's history is what it is, and there are certain things that are unavoidable, but watching a good step in that sense is like, here's how we can work together, mm-hmm. and asking, is like, I can do this. Mm-hmm. And Bruce eventually does. He's like, okay. And she wins. Uh, but then we get to the Riddler, when he goes, like, can you really be an orphan if you have billions of dollars? Like, what does that mean? Like, The classism. The classism. Yeah, whatever. it's like... The sheer poverty that um, Paul Dano's Riddler, who is not Edward Nigma, even though both of those names were on different IDs, yeah. is very confusing. Yeah. Um, the, the, the classism, the poverty that he describes, the growing up in the orphanage, yeah. was so incredibly extreme yeah. and just so heartbreaking and sad to hear. Mm-hmm. And he throws it in the face of someone who is of a similar age and mm-hmm. a, a one might say an opposite reflection mm-hmm. um orphaned but wealthy orphaned but poor mm-hmm. and what do those two things mean in the end mm-hmm. which was again such a and, and this is where as we're having these conversations this is where the movie shines mm-hmm. because it's the one thing about batman is it gets you to think like all of these characters are characters, and this is where it fits the archetype. We can all fit in all those things. Yes. To an, ex- to an extent, obviously, these are... Yeah. T- but you can kind of relate a little bit. Yeah, like, are you a, a little girl who was scared of her father? Mm-hmm. You can identify with Selena Kyle. Are you someone who lost their parents, but were s- still had p- someone who loved you? You can relate to Bruce Wayne. Are you someone who had to take care of someone unexpectedly? You can relate to Alfred Pennyworth. Mm-hmm. Are you someone who felt like you had nothing? Mm-hmm. You can relate to the Riddler and his posse. And the Riddler is very much current events in terms of just mm-hmm. the level of conspiracy theories and connecting the dots that... And also social media use. Yeah, social media use. And and again, there's a... The longing for recognition, mm-hmm. which comes into play. And towards... Like, because the Riddler, like, with all these conspiracy... One of the things that's happened recently in the advent of... Um, and since social media became a thing, but watching the conspiracy theory world and how much... Explode! Pe- explode! And then people finding these communities that are so... Niche. So niche, but then you get into the extreme and seeing how the wheels work in that space, that... Mm-hmm. 
you know, you're connecting the dots in a different thing and you're like the only person who found, who realized it's like, why can't you see what I see? I'm mm -hmm. trying, this is the truth and everything. And it's the Riddler. And because you didn't see what I see. I'm going to make you see I'm what I see. I'm going to make you see it. And it's so, it's the line in, um, uh, in Batman versus Superman. Batman has a line when he's talking to Superman, he goes, what I learned was the world only makes sense if you force it to. That's this idea of forcing the world to to make sense the way you see things. Which is such a, a it comes from a worldview of power. Like if you view everything as like power dynamics, through mm -hmm. the lens of power dynamics, then yeah. yeah, that's the only way things are going to make sense. But is that actually how the world works? I, I, I mean, that's a topic for another time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it's, and we can dive into this so much but yeah you you have that and 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 then so you know there's there's i mean there's there's chemistry obviously between batman and catwoman and, and it happens and then so as the riddler leaves these clues mm -hmm. batman is slowly figuring out with the help of jim gordon and catwoman is involved but catwoman is looking uh at this time she's looking for um her friend so we get to one of the uh, couple of pieces the first one is here is the funeral Oh, so good. That was such an amazing scene. And again, with, like, reflecting on fathers and sons, mm -hmm. like, it's the, the first glimpse that we have of the mayor's kid is in the very, very, very first scene mm -hmm. where he's playing. Yeah. And the next scene, he's just discovered his... Father. He's, he discovered his <laughs> father's oh, geez, body. Yeah. And he's, like, he's talking... Or the cops are talking to him, and he's not saying anything. And then he makes eye contact with Batman. Uh -huh. And this is a kid who probably reminds Bruce of himself. Upper echelons in society. Mm -hmm. Dark-haired, blue-eyed. Because mm -hmm. we have a type. Ah, <laughs> oh, poor Val Gomer. Um, go on. <laughs> and Bruce sees this child who just lost his father. Mm -hmm. And then... We get to the funeral scene, mm -hmm. and we see danger coming down in the form of a runaway car, like, crashing into the funeral, mm -hmm. and, like, before anyone knows really what the sound is, um, the kid, like, gets up, he's curious, he wants to know, like, he's in the middle of the aisle, because that's mm -hmm. where you get the best view, mm -hmm. and Bruce is the one that sees him, and tackles him, and then cradles him, yep. it is, like... I want to know if that was like in the directions or if like if our paths just did that automatically because it is so beautiful. Such a beautiful scene because like, like, and yeah. what's interesting about that that the uh, Batman in Bruce Wayne and Bruce Wayne and Batman and that connection with the kid mm -hmm. instantly you know the whole you know the origin story you you automatically know and more what's even you feel it yes you, you realize like you feel the heartbreak the how shattered. That, that event has made him right, and when and the the scene when he's cradling him, it's almost it's like he, it's like Batman being able to protect. It's almost like nobody could protect me, but I'm not like that's 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 Batman. Like I want to make sure this horrible thing that happened to me never happens to another child. And and it's right there, like Matt Reeves. This this movie, I mean, Gold Star. I think it's Greg Frazier who did uh, the cinematography. Same guy who did it for Dune. Mm. The, the it's such a beautifully well crafted film that every scene makes you. Like, every scene is incredibly well shot, well executed, important to the story. Mm -hmm. 
No. That's number one. Yeah. Like, nothing is extraneous or excessive mm-hmm. or, like, everything is, like, just enough mm-hmm. to convey what is happening. Mm-hmm. And, and, and as soon as right after that scene, you know, we get uh, the Riddler uh, has captured one of the, the I think it was a, like a DA or something. And he's going to, like, he has this bomb around his neck. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, calling for Batman. Mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne, Batman shows up. And uh, this is when all the riddles are being done and all that. And we get more hints of what the bigger mystery is. And sadly, guy dies. Uh, and again, Batman, this Batman is like a tank. I mean, he just, a bomb exploding. He's fine. I'm like, whoa. He's not fine. He wakes up in the police precinct. Yeah. Surrounded by a bunch of cops who and- attempt to take his mask off and he punches some people. Yeah. And then Jim Gordon's <laughs> like, would everybody please calm down? You're scaring my friend. And he goes like, and then Jim Gordon, oh my God. Oh, Jeffrey Wright. Um, Jeffrey Wright did such an amazing job. Like, and, and, I'd vote for him. Mm-hmm. And so we have that scene, and Batman goes and escapes, and, you know. <laughs> and then we have my favorite scene in the movie, where he attempts to glide under a bridge, gets caught <laughs> on his parachute, and just bleeping eats it. Yeah. And just, like, <laughs> like there's got to be so much road rash on them. Like, just... It's bad, man. Yeah, but he'll get the cape. Uh, we're, we're, we're waiting for him. You know in the second one, he'll, he'll have it figured out. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, but, then, like, it's just, like, oh, you are still new at this. Mm-hmm. And, like, he limps away from just eating concrete <laughs> and crashing into trash cans. Yeah, and then we go to, uh, what was it go? And then we move to, uh, right, and then we get to, like, the Penguin and all of those guys uh, to the... Um, this scene... The fight scene in the club? Nope. What scene are you talking about? you got to be more specific. The Batmobile scene. Oh, the Batmobile! <laughs> Guys! This Batmobile oh, is God. so freaking cool. It roars. Like, we... It, like, you hear it, and it is... Char- it is like a... It is like a monster. It's it charging. So it's cool. powering up, and you're just it like... It has fire. And I'm like, people are going to die. And then this was... For the f- this is maybe the first time in a Batman movie that the Batmobile is used to hunt down criminals. And the other ones, it's always used to a horror it's a chase. Tree. Yeah, it's a chase. Yeah. But this was, it's roaring and you're like, oh, and it keeps powering up. And this is right before that Selena shows up because mm-hmm. she has her own thing. And Selena finds her friend dead in a, dead in a body bag. Mm-hmm. She's up now. She's mad. Uh, and then she beats this one dude, and then the penguin gets in his car, and, and the Batmobile, like, it stalls a little, because I think Bruce is still figuring out. <laughs> Which little... is just amazing. But then he... Stick shift, guys. But then it's like, it just starts roaring, and you're like, oh my, here we go. Selena beats this one, and does this amazing thing, circles around, grabs the bag, beats the dude, and then, like, effort, She's like... She's very fluid. Very fluid. Grabs the bag of like cash. Like cats. Yeah. Cats are fluid. And then we get into this chase of Batman hunting down the penguin. Mm-hmm. Merciless. It, well, yeah. yeah, it is merciless. That's a very good word. It's very ruthless. Yes. And then you also see the dis- how destructive the villains of Gotham are. Like, how careless they are for life around them. In like, how many wrecks and pileups and just sheer chaos happen mm-hmm. on this highway like if you were driving on that highway tonight it is a miracle you're not in the hospital like it was insane and then 
He thinks he loses him after making two semis, at least two semis, <laughs> crash, crash and, and blow, blow up. up. And then we have the Batmobile ramp up, which is just like perfect timing. It's like this can only happen in a movie. But we love it yeah. because we're nerds. And like it was just such perfect timing. Like he finds a ramp, he launches off mm-hmm. Dukes of Hazard style. Yep. And the Batmobile is like unscratched, still on fire itself because it has its own rocket. Casual, I want one. Um, and Penguin's car flips. Mm-hmm. And this is this is the perspective scene that was shown in the trailers, mm-hmm. where you see upside down mm-hmm. flames and the Batman walking toward you towards you. And the cape majestically, the cape flapping majestically into the rainy Gotham night. And like the soundtrack <laughs> is just ominous. And and you hear like no. the, the the like his steps almost like um like cowboy boots. It has that sense of like and you're just sitting there thinking this I could think about was like this man's gonna die. Like it was just so It's like oh he's screwed. He's screwed. Like the like you and can't like, escape. Like yeah. that's what I loved is like you're not escaping and and You can't escape justice. <laughs> Not with the Batman on your tail. Like, it was just this insane scene. And then we cut to, like, Jim Gordon and and uh, Batman interrogating the Penguin and then realizing, like, oh, like... The, like there's the, a much bigger conspiracy going on. There's a much bigger conspiracy. And then that leads us to... Uh, I think we're at this point, we're, we're going towards the third act of this movie where uh, he's, you know, we figure out what the Riddler is and all that. And then um, this is... Catwoman figures everything out. So Batman realizes, and we're jumping all over the place, um, but Batman realizes Catwoman's going to do her thing. Um, so he has to go and stop her. It's like, you can't, you can't kill the person who killed your friend. I'm sorry. But no, actually, what, is... she sends the signal out. Mm-hmm. And they're like, did you? Like, they, they show up like... Is this you? Was this you? No. Oh, wait, wait, on? no, no. The scene before that is Alfred gets... Uh, a Riddler. Oh, yeah. Alfred yeah. blows up. So this is the hospital scene that we mentioned earlier. Yeah, he gets this... The, so... Yeah, and we're, he gets this thing, and like uh, the Joker... Uh, not Joker, the Riddler. Riddler. He sends a bomb. He sends a bomb. Manor. And then... To uh, Bruce Wayne. To Bruce Wayne. And then uh, Alfred's in the hospital. Like, And I love how they... Like, she picks up the phone finally. Mr. Wayne, I've been trying to reach you. And then the camera pulls back and you're like... So, so you see the Gotham skyline and you see the smoke from Wayne Tower. Right, but then you see like the people running and I'm thinking at that moment, it's like, please Did they don't. just kill off Alfred? I'm like, I'm, no, If no. they kill off Alfred, I will riot. <laughs> I think everybody would. I'm like, no, come on. No, now, now. And then it's like, oh, he's at the hospital. I'm like, oh, oh thank God. Damn it. But then... And then you see sad Bruce is sitting next to his father figure. And it's just... And, and you feel for that. And then you realize... And then, like, yeah, it's just, it's such a good scene. And, yeah. like, you gotta feel sorry for Alfred yeah. waking up, and the first thing you hear from the kid that you raised is, You lied to me. He's like, emo. What, what do you want? Crap, <laughs> man. I have a headache. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, and then we get to, uh, what was it? And then we get to um, the Selena part of the story, which is when Jim Gordon and Batman show up, and they're like, Hey, did you send the signal? I didn't. And they're like, all right, let's take the elevator up. So they get up there, and Selena, Selena's just beating the crap out of the cop, uh, the dirty cop, the dirty... who's moonlighting for Penguin. Mm-hmm. And who again, killed her friend. Not a violent person, but I wanted to see just a beat down of that for a little longer. But then, 
this is a chilling what we hear um again very genius your imagination is running this whole scene because you hear her voice mm-hmm. like you hear this uh, her best friend and selena like you're watching her like just she heard it before like but now she's even like you can see how angry she is mm-hmm. and again hold on he's talking about like selena's playing a recording right she's playing i'm sorry i'm thinking of it she's playing a recording of this why this conversation uh with carmine falcone and her friend so selena had or selena's friend had called selena and left a voicemail right and the voicemail kept running it kept running right um and it captured what was happening when Mm -hmm. she was murdered yeah and it go ahead tell them what they and you're you're listening to it And it and again it's just this is this is and this is where it's dangerously close to real life and mm-hmm. and it's just like again in that world and like what women have to do to survive and I think it's a it's a it's a conversation worth mentioning and also going into mm-hmm. um and this is gonna jump back to another film that came out last to a film that came out last year, which was the Black Widow movie. The villain says something that was so haunting, which is I use the world's most disposable resource to make weapons out of, and it was women. Little girls, little unwanted girl. little girls, unwanted little girls, and, and it, I can't believe they got away with saying that out loud because it's like, fuck yes, finally someone said uh, it. Unfortunately, the movie didn't live up to any of those. That's another rant, but we'll talk about Black Widow. But it was that that I kept thinking of that scene, which mm-hmm. is just like, damn it, like it was so, and he's killing her, like he's strangling Gordon, is like he's strangling her, and all I could think about it is like, that's how Selena's mom died. That and that's the other thing because what. Because Selena is so angry and so mad. And Bruce and Batman's like, we can't do it this way. And she's just, she kicks the guy off and then, you know. And then escapes. And then escapes. Of course, Bats and Gordon save the dirty cop. Justice happens (sighs) the usual way or not. Yeah, but then Batman goes like, I gotta go stop her because I know what she's going to do. And again, she goes to the the, the club thing. and, And this is where... Jim Gordon again. He shines throughout the whole movie, but he takes the recording. I like, like Selena's talking to Karma and she's gonna kill him. Batman's on his way to stop her from doing that. Mm-hmm. And then the guy's like, "Boss, we got a problem." He's like, "I'm in the middle of something." No, boss, you gotta come right now. He's like, "I'm sorry." And then he goes and sees the TV. Jim Gordon took the recording and leaked it to the press. So, d- d- like th- this, I was, I was like, "Yes, bitch!" Like I was like, F- "Like yes." <laughs> Like, you know, and then we hear it. It's like, like, this is like, yeah, like, no, it's out there. And it's such a group. And then everybody, and then Selena mm-hmm. comes up. Oh, hey, dad. And then the guy turns around and they have this, I think the goon is trying to stop and everything. And Karma. There's a fight scene. There's a fight scene. He's trying to kill her like he did. Um, He's trying to strangle her like he did her friend and her mom. Yeah. And then Selena scratch. All right, and uh, and you have Selena who scratches his face, and uh, and as the fight continues, and she's about to um, give the killing blow, but Batman shows up, stops it, and you know mm-hmm. they just knock Carmine Falcone out, and you're thinking, all right, um, and you feel for Selena in that moment. This is the guy. I don't even know what kind of trauma you have at this point because this is your dad who you who killed your mom and. It, just trying to kill you to see, like, 
I can't even imagine. There, Selena has a lot of trauma. A lot of trauma. And I think this is also another part Girl of it. Girl needs a therapist and a safe place to live and lots of cats and soft blankets. Yeah, and this is a character full of trauma and, and it's right there on screen. And so Batman and Jim Gordon take Carmine or bringing him out. and mm, This is the Jim Gordon thing that you're like, in love with. Oh my gosh. It was, yeah. What I love about, I, I should start by saying this. Jim Gordon is the honest cop. Jim Gordon is a good man. That's he's just a good man, and and what I love about this, especially with the conversation about policing and all that, there are good mm-hmm. cops. And what I love is as soon as they walk out, like Carmine Falcone, says like, "Hey, I run this down." The cops and everyone, you automatically assume that he's going to be walking out, or this isn't going to last, or yeah, whatever. Like- He's going, he's going to find a loophole because he always finds a loophole. All right. You, you're almost disappointed. But as soon as they walk outside, all the cops, and he says, like, no, not every cop's in your pocket. And I'm- and it's an impressive amount of Gotham cops. Because, mm-hmm. like, you think of Gotham PD, you think of, like, basically any other <laughs> giant city with corrupt police force. Right. And then it's like, oh, not not every single cop here is is evil, including my favorite side character, Martinez. Um, <laughs> Martinez. She's just great. Who is he, by the way? I, no I, idea who that actor is, but is he has he? a great mustache. <laughs> um, hey, it's yeah. Bruce Wayne. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he... Like, G- Gordon is walking him out, and like you see Falcone like, looking at all the cops who are good, who right. are honest, mm-hmm. or at least not on his payroll. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, this is going to be tougher than I thought. Mm-hmm. And then he steps forward into the light, mm-hmm. into the light of a street light. Mm-hmm. And there's a sniper shot that takes him out. Mm-hmm. Yep, the Riddler kills um, Carmine. Which is... Like, I can't believe they did that, like, so early in this Batman mythos. Mm-hmm. Because Carmine Falcone is such a a large background figure in, within, like, I don't know, the veins of Gotham. He is. And, you know, he, this is, this film is, Batman Year Two, as it's, this is technically Year Two. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's a transition to the crazy. Uh, because before, because mm. Batman essentially was fighting the mob and all of that. And there's a question that can be said is like, is, are all these crazy characters coming because of Batman? Is he... Or were they always there to begin with? Or they always were there to begin mm-hmm. with? Is he the one that gave them permission to be, you know, to be as crazy as they wanted to? And with the death of Karma and Falcone, you have this transition now to where we are now going into the crazies because it's no longer the mob it's no longer petty crooks it's now super villains like the joker who we get a sneak peek of at the very end we get a sneak peek and then i want to know like how they did that silhouette because if you've seen the movie you remember how creepy that silhouette was Mm. like you saw the hair you saw the the, everything was exaggerated yeah they uh, also released uh recently actually a deleted scene Mm. which is batman when he's solving these riddles, he goes to the Joker. <gasps> what? Yeah, it was a deleted scene that they released recently. Matt Reed. It's online. So Okay, apparently I have to go look so, things up after this. So on the website, you know how the uh, the Batman website has riddles you put in? Like, it gives you a riddle and you answer them. Mm-hmm. And if you answer them, you get um, a picture of Bruce Wayne and his family. Or it gives you little things here and there. 
um, one of the riddles you solve gives you a deleted scene, which is Batman talking to Barry uh, Kogan. Kogan, sorry if I'm butchering that. Uh, the Joker. Um, Barry Kogan is the one who played Druig in the Eternals. Um, I love that movie, but um, I haven't the, seen it yet. Uh, Jerry, I'll watch it. <laughs> anyway, but there, there's a scene with the Joker, and he's just. Um, he's very grotesque, and that's their version of the Joker. He's very seriously grotesque. Interesting. Um, but interesting. But uh, with Carmine dying, as I was saying, like now you have you know the old guards are gone essentially, and now, the old crime is done. We now we have new crime. Right, we have new crime, and we start getting a, a hint of that because after um, Carmine's dead. Batman goes, you know, you know everybody. Then we have the arrest of the Riddler. We have the arrest of the Riddler. Um, um what's his weird Ed, names? Edward Nashton or Edwards. There were multiple names. We don't know which one he is. Yeah. Um, and that scene again, beautiful scene, just amazingly shot. Because when he's being arrested, there's a moment where he's looking at Batman, and we mm-hmm. get this, this amazing view of Batman again. Robert Pattinson does so much acting with his eyes alone. That I I've never seen anything like it. Like it really is impressive. Like, mm-hmm. dude has micro expressions down. Mm-hmm. And so, and now this is after the arrest of the Riddler is when we start getting into the third act. This is where things start wrapping up with the last hurrah. You know, the Riddler left one more clue. Batman figures out a little, you know, he kind of figures it out a little too late. Martinez helps. Mar- Martinez. Oh, <laughs> I do love that. Like. Like, okay, so Batman breaks back into the Riddler's apartment. Mm-hmm. Martinez is there, like, keeping watch because, like, this is a crazy. You need, like, someone there at all times to make right. sure other crazies don't break in. Like, say, a guy dressed as a bat. Um, <laughs> and Martinez is the one who provides the final hint mm-hmm. of what you need. Like, the tool that uh, the Riddler used to kill the mayor in mm-hmm. the very first scene mm-hmm. was a, a carpeting tool. Mm-hmm. And Bruce, being way too rich to know anything about manual labor, <laughs> didn't know that. Yeah. And that's when he's. That's when Martinez says, "Oh yeah, my uncle does uh, install installations and stuff." Um, he's like, "There's a rug here, and this is a carpeting tool. <laughs> two plus two equals four. <laughs> and and then we see like this giant map of Gotham mm-hmm. on the floor underneath the rug." Right. And lights lit up, and then bombs explode, mm-hmm. and everything starts crashing down, mm-hmm. literally and metaphorically, and it's kind of fantastic. It, it's, um, I didn't see this coming. Uh, I don't think anybody did. We're, we're just like, wait, what? And everything's blowing up, and... Um, and Gotham is flooded. And what, I love this scene when Catwoman's trying to escape, mm-hmm. and you have this great shot of the water like through like going on um, by her shoe, and then you realize, oh okay. No, the ocean is coming in to flood the city. Um, and it, also, people stop building cities <laughs> below sea level. Like, have we not learned? <laughs> Bad idea. Bad idea. Bad idea. Well, you know, again. It's very dramatic, though. Yeah, I was gonna say Gotham's essentially New Jersey. Gotham is in New Jersey. <laughs> Gotham is canonically in New Jersey, built on thrice cursed <laughs> land. 
Oh, New Jersey. <laughs> Why does anyone live in New Jersey? No offense, Jersey. Lots of lots of you is beautiful. I have friends from New Jersey. They're like, oh, yeah, as long as you stay away from the city. It's like, it's called the Garden State for a reason. And it's like, yeah, but then you have to deal with the rest of Jersey. <sighs> oh, man. But, but, but Gotham anyway. is cursed. Yeah. Anyways. But what's also happening at this time is um, the, the, the mayor... Uh, um, uh, Bella Real. Bella Real. That's an amazing name. Also uh, a fantastic name. Uh, she wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is another part that the third act gets, again, dangerously close to real life. You have the Riddler. Uh, so there's minions. Riddler men, but you find out like when the, the files unlock. Oh, yeah. Like the social media thing and you're watching like people. But he, he had a cult. He had a cult following. And I was like, wow, again, this to me as I was watching that guy, like, Oh, is, didn't quite see that coming. Didn't see that quite, but he's a. It felt very close to real life, and as much mm-hmm. as it's domestic terrorism, you you feel that, and, and so his minions are going to go and. And they sh- are dressed exactly like him, straight up to the the clear flinched glasses. Mm-hmm. And they're going to go and shoot a bunch of people. Just, um, yeah, it, it was. So you you get this mindset of where things are going and. As all of this is unfolding, uh, Batman makes his, again, there's always a, a him descending from the skylight. It, it's always... It's just a classic it's move. It's so classic. Um, you I, can't miss that. No. Like, nobody, nobody messes that one up. Even in Batman and Robin, there's, there's one of that too. Look, <laughs> crashing through a skylight is always a good superhero move. Oh, but I do love Mark Hamill's Joker saying... It, either you guys have never heard of doors or you're just like pulling glass out of your own door. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Batman comes down, explosions happen, and he's, you know, he's struggling. He bites, he gets hurt. He, he Selena get, saves him. Yeah. It's great. He gets a shotgun blast to the chest. <laughs> Which, ow. Ow, but he's, he stands up again. And as I'm watching this, I'm like, it's kind of like here and there. I'm like, is he struggling? And then out of nowhere... Like, the smoke pellet hits. And I'm going like, oh, you guys are screwed. And what happens again? He the just cleans just, the floor. Just wrecks everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's hanging. And then Selena comes and saves him. And then some guy grabs Selena. Uh, oh, wait. So this is after he gets the shotgun blast. And then some guy's, like, I guess, trying to strangle Selena again. Mm-hmm. Um, and Batman takes this, like, I think it's venom. I don't know what it is. It's in, like, adrenaline. And it's probably he, just, like, adrenaline. Right. And he Jordan's. just wrecks this guy. Just wants. Like, Excuse you. <laughs> this girl has kissed me once, and it blew my mind. And I don't have any synapses left. You will not be touching her. The things we do for love, guys. Um, and he just. Okay, wailed. look. If, if Zoe Kravitz looked at you the way she looked at Batman, would you not also melt? I wouldn't care if them, a meteor hit me. <laughs> like I wouldn't. A lot of things could be happening. World War Three, Five, whatever. It's like. Jerry should probably pay attention to... I'm sorry, I'm in the middle of something that can wait. Uh, but yeah, he beats this guy so... And everyone tells him, like, calm down. And then... And the only person who can get him to calm down is, of course, Jim Gordon. Jim Gordon. Who is our BFF. And they <laughs> they really were just excellent partners together in this movie. Like, they were both figuring out the riddles and the clues and, like, puzzling things out together. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it was a... He just, Jeffrey Wright. 
And you know, there, there's some interaction to you. that I also love is when he goes, "No guns, you do you, yeah. man." It's like, oh, that's your role. <laughs> that's your role. And and so the ending comes. It's um, there, there's a the the villain takes up is like, "Who are you? I'm vengeance." Which rude. Which rude, but then you get it. Like yeah. the the whole point of. Bruce Wayne's approach this whole time to be vengeance and yeah. all that. Which is just ah, rude because that's <laughs> Batman's line. Second, what an excellent way to throw Bruce's like failed mission back into his face. It's yeah. like, if you are vengeance, this is what vengeance looks like. Exactly. And then you have the scene where the power goes out, mm-hmm. the stadium has been flooded, mm-hmm. um, and Bruce... Like, there's an electrical cord flying around. Mm-hmm. It's about to hit the water. And if it hits the water, everyone's fried. Everyone's mm-hmm. dead. Mm-hmm. So he does, you know, an impossible leap. Cuts it so the electricity is not going to throw, go around anymore. And then he crashes into the water. Mm-hmm. And you, like, think that's it for a minute. Mm-hmm. And then he rises. Mm-hmm. And if that is not excellent symbolism of baptism of rebirth if that is not rebirth symbolism right there i don't know what is and then he lights the flare mm-hmm. oh the lighting <laughs> the lighting is so good mm-hmm. because it's a dark gritty movie but they know how to use their light sources and the mm-hmm. colors of light and it's this red flare he's holding it up and he goes to the paper first he, the people hiding under the the crashed um scaffolding mm-hmm. and first he reaches his hand out to the mayor and she's like i'm not sure about this mm-hmm. and then we see someone else like starting to move forward mm-hmm. and it's it's the former mayor's son it's right. like i've seen him before i trust him mm-hmm. it's like this little boy looks at batman and says you i trust you are worthy of my trust you are going to get me out of here it's the childlike wonder see, and trust ah! see i read that differently oh tell me i saw that and i went it's Batman saving his younger self. Which, yes, like as a therapist, absolutely. Like we tell people, like if you want to like re- respond to who you are, like mm-hmm. your younger self, then yeah, have a conversation with them. What does eight-year-old Bruce Wayne have to say to 22-year-old Bruce Wayne? Mm-hmm. And and that was a moment. He reaches out and you see that hand and I go, oh. And this. then you see like Bruce see the little hand and he, he changes direction. Mm-hmm. He then, changes direction. And then... It's like and, a metanoia moment. It is. And and you have and everybody who grabs, you know, then the mayor follows and mm-hmm. all that. It's not so The mayor more, who was shot. The mayor who was shot. Yeah. But, but it's also more of And still on her feet. She's so badass. Just an excellent <laughs> job. And and it's also just it's the new this is where the movie this is where hope's in the movie. Mm. Every, the everything of the old light is in the darkness light in the darkness and it's and the ones who are following that light are the ones who are going to build a new gotham you have a new mayor mm-hmm. you have this child who is now able to believe in heroes in something, in something. and you and the other scene and as the movie you know the mayor's has her speech there's this scene that is just oh my god i couldn't believe how great it was it's batman carrying this woman Oh! Oh! Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so we have another. We have another um, 
Pattinson voiceover, like, narrating what's going on. Mm-hmm. Batman is with the crowd on the roof of the stadium mm-hmm. because that's the only safe place. That's where the National Guard is coming in with helicopters to fly people out. And we see Batman carrying a woman. They're both covered in grime. Mm-hmm. And he lays her down on the stretcher, and she reaches out and grabs onto him. Mm-hmm. And you can tell that there's fear in her eyes. And then he looks at her, he looks at her hand, and he covers her hand with his own, mm-hmm. oh. like, gauntlet... And and he looks at her and nods, and she looks back and she nods, and you just like see the courage and the resolve like mm-hmm. come into her face. It's like okay, yeah, okay, it's going to be okay because Batman is here. Batman said it was going to be okay, mm-hmm. and if Batman says it's going to be okay, then it's going to be okay. And 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 that that was oh that that scene, and then he's saying like I have to be something more, which now we're getting we're we're, we're guessing we're not sure, but this now means Bruce Wayne is coming. Because in order for Batman to be more, he can't just be Batman. Actually, this movie, mm-hmm. you get the most Batman in the suit that you'll ever see in a Batman film. He's in the There's suit. a lot of Batman. A lot of Batman. Not a whole lot of Bruce Wayne, which now I'm thinking, okay, Bruce Wayne is going to come. Because we saw that. Mm-hmm. Bella Real said, like, hey, you know, like, you could be doing a lot more, you know. and Bruce Wayne has been called out a lot. He's been called out a lot. Like, like he has to come out. And you have that scene, which... Jeff's uh, kiss. Um, gorgeous. And, and then I'm thinking, okay, maybe the movie's ending at this point. Because that's a great way to end. But Matt Reeve being who he is, it's like, no, 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 we got a little more. And what we have is um, the goodbye is what I call it. It's essentially Selena and Bruce. They're just, you know, she's saying she's going to go to Bloodhaven. Which, uh, for, <laughs> Don't go to Bloodhaven. <laughs> Bloodhaven is worse than Gotham. If that's possible. <laughs> and as soon as I heard Bloodhaven, I'm like, oh, man. If only... If only he was a little bit older. Like, I could say, like, you'll be okay in blood. Because Nightwing's in Bloodhaven. But, <laughs> but not that's not it. Um, anyway, she goes, and then she goes, you should come with me. That's the thing with Catwoman always saying, you should come with me. You know, Catwoman always wants Batman. Like, Batman return. Like, in every... Every yeah. every iteration. Like, Cat wants Bat. Yeah. And Bat wants Cat. But Bat is tied to Gotham. So if Cat wants Bat, Cat needs to stay with Bat. But, you know, Which, she even says, when she even says, like, you should come, but the signal goes. And then he looks. She goes, like, you're already taken. And that, that's... Gotham is a cruel mistress. <laughs> <laughs> she demands so much from this man. And and they have this amazing thing. That they... The motor... Okay, it was so cute. Like, they're driving through the cemetery <laughs> on their motorcycles. And at first, Selena is ahead. Mm-hmm. And then Bruce catches up and, like, just is, is steady next to her. And then they come to a crossroads and they split off. Right. And you see Bruce, like, Batman, like, watching her in the rearview mirror. For just a little bit. And then... Like, making sure that she is as safe as she can be with mm-hmm. while she's in his sight. And then she crests over the hill and he can't see her anymore. And then he looks to Gotham as then, he's going. Yep. And then credits. Whew. Okay, so, um, after that, um... I had to take a minute. I think this is one of those movie three hours. Didn't feel... I didn't... Really, it was incredibly well-paced. Well-paced. I didn't think it was... I didn't, I didn't feel like, oh, gosh, this is still going. I was... Yeah. Um, like, you know what? The end of Return of the King, when it has the five million endings. <laughs> yes, I do. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hate it, but that thing's a masterpiece. Oh, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I love those movies. Five but it has million. five million endings. This had... Like, the perfect amount of ending. Like, that scene in the 
in the cemetery with Selena saying goodbye to her mother's grave. Mm-hmm. Like, that was just cherry on top. Yeah. And, and, was it absolutely necessary to the movie? No, but it was incredibly fitting for the characters. Yeah, it felt like watching a graphic novel. That's a really good way to put it. Because it's this is a movie that stands on its own. I can watch mm-hmm. this. You know, if someone says, hey, what's a Batman movie I can watch? I'm like, you can watch this from beginning to end. And you get a totality of who the character is. You just... You get a very good introduction to the mythos of Batman. Mm-hmm. So it's very satisfying. So what we're going to do now, um, because we've gushed about this movie for a while now, we're just going to rank our Batman like in, in orders right now. Wait, wait, wait. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. We <laughs> forgot to talk about the actual best Batman movie. Mask of the Phantasm? No. Lego Batman! Uh, no. These <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you hear that? Shut down, folks. Yeah, uh, I'm going to veto that. The, the, the best Batman movie, and, you know, we're talking about theatrical releases, is Mask of the Phantasm. Because that movie is, there's nothing wrong with it. I, there, every single piece of that film, if you've never seen it. I've never seen it. Okay, so there's only one Batman fan on this podcast, folks. Uh, <laughs> Dude, this is my podcast. <laughs> okay, there's this amazing line in Mask of the Phantasm. When you, when you hear it after watching the film, it hits just so hard. And the Are line. You tell me what the line is. Yeah, the line is, "Look what these monsters did to us." And when you hear Ooh. that voice, it's. I have never... It, it's such Who's a perfect... voice? Huh? Who's the voice? Uh, it's Lois Lane from the animated series. She did uh, a character in Mask of the Phantasm. She was uh, Bruce's love interest. And... Oh, that's fun. Bruce but, and Lois. But it... What's interesting about Mask of the... She would have ripped him apart. <laughs> for another time. But, um, <laughs> yeah, but I still think you, you should watch Mask of the Phantasm. Okay. Mask of the Phantasm and Mr. Free Sub-Zero. Mm, okay. Our, our Mr. Freeze Sub Zero ends with Nora Freeze is cured, and it, it's Beautiful. it's it's the conclusion of Heart of Ice. It's the ending that we always wanted, and they ended it. And you're just, it's such a beautiful ending. Um, and then Victor can retire from villainy, and he's like, okay, he does that's great. Like the ending of the movie is so poetic and sad because he you know he finds out that his wife is alive, and he's just shedding tears and he goes and he wanders off into the ice wilderness of the north he's just like and you realize that this man did all he wanted was her to be alive and now that she's fine and okay he goes like i don't my my job's done i don't she's better off without me like i like he's it's just such a beautiful ending so mask of the phantasm and batman sub uh sub-zero once you see those movies it the alignment changes. Um, so for me, okay, I'm just gonna talk. For me, I would say. Jerry, what are your top Batman movies? Mask of the Phantasm, Batman Sub Zero, Batman 89, Batman Returns, uh, Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises, Batman Begins, Batman Forever, Batman 66, and Batman and Robin. All right, my de- list is not <laughs> as detailed. Um, <laughs> I like 
uh, <laughs> Michael Keaton and Michelle Pfeiffer. Okay, so Batman Returns. And I have my heart ripped out every time I watch Under the Red Hood. Oh, that's a good one. Um. Yeah, no, Under the Red Hood's a good one. That we'll ending. have to talk about Jason Todd sometime. Yeah, that ending. It's not about killing the penguin or Dan, just him. And it's because he, he took, took me, me away, away from, from you. you. Uh, okay, if you don't know who Jason Todd is, first of all. Why? Why not? <laughs> second, he is the second Robin after mm-hmm. Dick Grayson retired Robin. Became was Nightwing. fired from Robin and became Nightwing. Yeah. Uh, and that's a good movie to watch. Under the Red Hood, you should definitely If work. you want to be sad. No, but it, it's, it's such a beautiful film also because it's, you, you understand Jason you also, um, Neil Patrick Harris does Nightwing, and he does such an amazing job because you see the levity um, yeah. when, when he goes, you know one of the things I missed about running with you? The toys. <laughs> <laughs> because because they're, like, they're stopping the Red Hood from getting away. Um, and it's just witty, funny. Like, but, like There's still the tension. Like You can tell that Nightwing and Batman like have some unresolved issues. Mm-hmm. Like. What are you supposed to do when your father slash mentor slash big brother figure like kicked you out of his house and like mm-hmm. you're a dramatic teenager as well and yeah. then you like both grew up a little bit more and yeah yeah so we could, could talk we could, about uh, those relationships uh, all day long yeah the bat family is just so precious yeah. but uh yeah um that's that's uh that's a review of the Batman um. Uh, I am I'm excited for where they're going next. I think they I think this Batman could have a Robin. I an actual nine year old Dick Grayson. I see that's the I'm always like that's gonna be a little challenging because the the one thing you stay away from like sidekicks, especially that young, is well, you're technically endangering a minor. I mean Oh yeah. And like Bruce's brain is not fully developed at twenty two. Uh, and, and he's an idiot <laughs> yeah but you know it's i don't know if they do if you do have a robin i, I would i would definitely want to see what they do but i think that it's such a um i don't think i don't think we've ever done that i mean not in any super there's not there's never been a child sidekick in any live action even on the disney shows i think the the youngest one is maybe like um Haley steinfeld's um um Kate Bishop, uh, the the hospital. Kate's in college now. Oh right, so maybe maybe that's as far as you can go. Maybe college, maybe possibly high school. Like if we're thinking about Disney, then they did have that Sky High movie. Maybe which high school. Just delightful, by the way. Yeah, Kurt Russell. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, maybe high school. Maybe I don't think you can do yeah. anything lower than that. I think yeah. it'd be just. But it's a good it's a good movie. Definitely. But I think he like this. Bruce Wayne could have a Dick Grayson. What do you think? Movie three, maybe? I think they could get away with it as early as the sequel, actually. Yeah. Like, because we had the introduction of the mayor's son right. of to, like, remind Bruce of what it means to be a little boy who lost everything. Yeah. Um, and I think that kind of in your, not, well, kind of in your face, but, like, stark reminder it was a stark reminder of who bruce was Mm. and who he has become because of that incident losing his parents Mm. yeah i can see that uh 
So where do you think they go from here, villain wise? Because villain wise, uh, I don't want the Joker anymore. I, I, can I'm, we just stop with the Joker? Let's just. There's other characters. I there's mean, so many. Can we get a Harvey Dent that is Harvey Dent before Two Face? Because I would love oh, to see that be... relationship, like hmm. the White Knight of Gotham and the Dark Knight. I liked um, how Nolan did that. Hmm. Like they started to tease the the Bruce and Harvey relationship, but never went. But never actually like said. These two could change Gotham together, mm. because I think, I think uh, the creation of Two Face was a huge blow for Gotham, mm. like the growth of Gotham, mm-hmm. because it, you know, destroyed the good man who was Harvey Dent. Yeah. And like, if you have Bruce the philanthropist who's like funding all these reforms and this change, and then you have this public servant who is D.A. Harvey Dent, mm. who is a good man. Um, that would be such an interesting dynamic. And then, if you, like, really want to break Batman's heart, yeah, okay, <laughs> scar his best friend. Bruce needs friends. <laughs> okay, so, but, so in choosing Harvey Dent, do you still want... Because the way it ends, there's enough, especially with the whole baptism motif. There's, there's, there's a, so good. Oh, good. So do you think they should introduce maybe elements of the fantastic in this, or because Solomon Grundy would be interesting? Oh yeah, that's. I mean, so you want like, do you want them to still keep grounded as grounded as all this is, or mm. to kind of maybe start experimenting with a little bit of the fantastic? And by that I mean, um, a little bit more of the weird and wonderful. Honestly, for me, I, I was thinking maybe you look at some of the... Like, if you're going to remake, you know, the Riddler, um, you know, okay, then Batman and Robin, do you remake Mr. Freeze, for example? Um, I'm not sure if you mm. worked in this one, or would you make Poison Ivy? Maybe, like, an eco-terrorist? I, I don't know, like... Well, that's how Ivy describes herself in the um, the Harley Quinn animated show, as I, an eco-terrorist. I, I, I've tried watching that, I just can't... I couldn't get past, like... I can get past like two episodes. I mean, I. Well, I, that's lame for you. I'm not the target audience for that. I I want. I'm not interested in the comedic thing. I mean, I know there. I know there were couples. Everybody knew from like the episode when. Um, Harley and Ivy. Harley and Ivy when they're both robbing banks and everything. It's like everybody knew, but I. Which I, you know what? Good for them. Yeah. Harvey deserves so Harley deserves someone better than the Joker. I, I, we yeah. all agree on that, but it was more just I don't that I want them to do something, you know. Um, I want them to be happy. I want them to be happy, but it, it's it's more of um, Harley and Ivy have a connection, but it's also I don't want that to necessarily uh, erode their goals. Yeah. Because Ivy eventually becomes the you know part of the green, like the the plant life and everything like that. She's always been dedicated to that. Mm. And the re- again, I'm saying poison ivy just because with global warming and everything that's happened. I think since... Dr. Pamela Isley would be an excellent introduction. Yeah, um, maybe not make her poison ivy yet, but maybe just you know plant the seeds. Plant the seed, no pun intended, but. But um. <laughs> Yeah, but maybe do that, or like maybe Mr. Freeze. I- I'm just tired of the Joker. I'm just so. We've had like what? Five million? Five. There was what? Jack Nicholson, Heath Ledger, Jared Leto, Joaquin Phoenix, uh, and now. Mark Hamill, like Ma- perpetually. Mark Hamill, and now we, ha- we have six Jokers. That's that, a lot of Jokers. That's a lot of Jokers. That's. Like, we are. 
we're just tired. Yeah, yeah. But, but anyway, and I, yeah. but so anyway, those, those. I think. Yeah, I think it would, an element of the fantastical would mm-hmm. be a good introduction, mm-hmm. because we've established that Gotham is weird now. Mm-hmm. Like weird shit happens in Gotham. Mm-hmm. So, if you want to amp up the weird part of the shit mm-hmm. rather than the shit part of the weird shit <laughs> then I think say that six times no <laughs> um, then introducing one of the more kind of mystical villains would be really interesting um, you know I was thinking about trauma maybe Hugo Stranger being a good one yeah, especially with the conversation about mental health these mm-hmm. days. That yeah. would be really interesting. Um, well, yeah, that would be interesting. But uh, he's also... They've ex- also done Scarecrow. Um, Scarecrow, I, I think the thing with Scarecrow is he was... You can do a lot with the Scarecrow. Yeah. I mean... Jonathan Crane is... Definitely. Weird. Yeah, you can do a lot with Scarecrow, especially today again. We live in a we live in this perfect world for all of Batman's villain. If we're gonna ground them, a lot of what they stand for, you can easily do. Yeah. Oh, Killer Croc might be interesting. That would be tough, though. Well, I don't know. I mean, I mean, Matt Reeves does have that horror background with the Cloverfield movies. Yeah, but he did say he was gonna work on like an Arkham series or something. Mm. Like, which could be interesting, like if you go through yeah. Arkham Asylum, but anyway. Um Alright. So that anyway, so we're just but we'll we'll see. Uh, so far I've gotta say Matt Reeves did an excellent job. Excellent job. I, I I just yeah, it's an excellent job, great movie, definitely give it a watch. And then uh yeah, when we meet next time we will talk about Oh, who knows at this point? Who knows at this point? Like, I mean, we, we literally said 18 things that we can dive deep in, but we will, uh, we'll see you next time. So. All right. Thank you so much for joining us on The Art Show, and we will see you next time. All right. Bye.